This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. listening to the Voices of Wrestling podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. X out, go listen to some boring podcast where they're afraid of their own shadow. Okay? Don't listen to Joe Lanza. Because Joe Lanza's not changing. And Rich Crage. Give me a name. Like Who delivers this guy in a big spot? Joe, don't yell at me. Like in, the, in the big spot. Who delivers better than this guy? Stop yelling at me. I agree. And we are live here on the Voice of the Wrestling flagship podcast. I'm Rich Craig, alongside, as always, a man with a supple neck, Mr. Joe Lanza. Joe, what's happening? I do have a supple neck. Thank That's you very much. That's what Dr. Nice whatever his name said. Yeah, you don't, don't say his name on the air. But uh... Imagine being a first-time listener. <laughs> I thought about that. Like earlier today, I was like, ah, what the hell? This is things I think of while I'm driving home from work. I'm thinking, man, what, what, you know, Joe really gave me this, you know, really, really gave it to me that I wasn't mixing up his nicknames a few weeks ago. So, you know, last week I, I did the, uh, the pleasant, non toxic man, white male thing or whatever the hell it was. And then, uh, yeah, this week I'm driving and I'm thinking, I think I'm going to do the supple neck thing. And then I'm wondering, man, there's probably somebody similar to, you know, Pulling up dynamite this week and getting Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy as your first, you know, <laughs> first peek into what AEW is. Somebody has listened to this show saying, "Man, the CM Punk guys got me interested in wrestling again." Voices of Wrestling flagship. This sounds like a fun show. Let me do it. And then it's here's a man with a supple neck. And then you go, "Yes, I do have a supple neck." <laughs> like, would you? You would just leave after that, right? You got to turn it off after that. I, I can't imagine I you stick through it. I think you got to leave it on after hearing something. Or like you're that, just trying honestly. to like you're like I got to figure out what is going on here. What does that mean? Who has the supple neck? How does he know he have a, has a supple neck? What is a supple neck? I guess yeah, I guess you're right. There is a lot of intrigue there of 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 what exactly constitutes a supple neck. I'm still not sure if I know what a supple neck is. So I don't even know. It's what you have <laughs> apparently. That's all I know. It's. I mean, I should ask, right? I should ask the guy. I mean, yeah, that's one I would definitely clarify. Yeah, that that just just to just to be clear that we're all on the same page and that you and the doctor are on the same page, I, I would definitely clarify what that means. Yeah, so. what's up with the supple neck? Yeah, like is that a good thing? How can I phrase the question so it doesn't sound weird? Like, I just say, mm. can I say, oh well, I noticed you uh, marked down that I had a supple neck. Is that a? Uh... <laughs> is that something to be concerned about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And then the yeah, I mean, oh, oh, Joe, no, no, absolutely not. That's a, it's great to have a supple neck. You know what I mean? do have a tremendous neck. I mean, I've been looking at my neck in the mirror ever since that guy said, you know, put that down. I don't know how I would even, I don't know how I would know that I have a good neck. Like I, well, I look like I have a nice sturdy neck. Like I I look like, uh, you know, I look like I could take some German suplexes and just really handle them, you know, because there's a lot of, it's a strong looking neck. So, you know, that's, uh, I could, I could see where he's coming from with that. Supple, but supple implies... It's a weird word. It's a weird word for it. Yeah, is he is he in a roundabout way saying you have like a fat neck? You, you know, like, or maybe... And I, I don't... I, again, this might be a reason to ask him. Well, listen, I'm in top peak physical condition. That's <laughs> Correct, of course. So I, I don't think he would be hinting around that the neck is fat. I mean, I, I mean, I've got a very well-proportioned neck. So supple I mean, apparently, uh, this is uh, dictionary.com here, says bending and moving easily and gracefully flexible. So... Oh, so I didn't. Your days in, in the like, dojo, yeah. Your days in the dojo really paid off. You're doing the, you know, the neck cranks and you stuff. Know, neck you know. rolls. Yeah, right. So. 
Well, now it makes sense because, you know, these doctors obviously see it all. I'm not coming in there stiff as a board, you know. I guess that's what it means. Like, all right, he could move his neck around. Because you get some animals to go to the doctor. You know, these people, they deal with everything. Eight to 80, you know. So you get some old man in there, can't even turn his fucking neck. He wouldn't have a supple neck. Joe Lanzano, very supple neck. Yeah, that's interesting. I, 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 for some reason, I thought supple would have indicated, like, girth or something like that or strength yeah. or, or something. But apparently it's flexibility and, and, and movability. So congratulations on your flexible neck. I told you. I could take some Germans. I told you. It's <laughs> on the right path there, right? Yeah. You, 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 hey, given the way Minoru Suzuki, we'll talk about him later in this night, there, there's a chance that you are going to face Minoru Suzuki sometime in October. So uh, keep Jeez. that neck up. Yeah, keep that neck up for sure. Not exactly a cheap price tag either. No, and, no. Uh, well, would you? I mean, yeah. you're not a pro. Well, you or Minoru, who are you talking about? Well, both of us. Joe Lanza doesn't come cheap either. <laughs> no. But, uh. Would you do the J-O-B or are you going to ask for a little bit more, a little more money? If I'm Suzuki? No, you. Oh, if I'm me. Who I, well, who have I ever beat? I guess. Well, I don't think undefeated. I'm in any You're undefeated. Though. You're undefeated, though. That's true. No one's ever beat me. <laughs> so, but Suzuki, he's like 53 years old, like. I don't know. I'd lose if I was him. The thing is, I don't think I think a lot of these guys would be embarrassed to beat him. Ah, oh, maybe not. They are pro wrestlers. Yeah. It, it, um, well, there, there, a lot of the guys are booking. It. There's one guy that I'm sure it might be a little bit of a, a discussion of, uh, which we'll talk about later. But a lot of the, a lot of like the newer guys don't really give a shit about wins and losses or whatnot. So I'm sure most of these dudes probably don't care and are like, "Oh, I'd love to lose to you. I'd love to lose to you." But uh, yeah, Gotch, daddy. Yeah. Right. 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 I don't think that guy's going to care. But, uh, yeah, I guess we'll talk about one guy that I think might uh, might at least try to throw his head in the ring of, uh, hey, I should beat Minoru Suzuki. So uh, and he's probably right about that. But uh, we'll talk about that later. That That is for a topic later in the show. One thing that we did want to start this show off with, and obviously huge, huge wrestling weekend that we are going to cover from every single angle. We'll talk about CM Punk's debut uh, at Rampage. We're going to talk about SummerSlam. We're going to talk about NXT TakeOver. We have two Yes, Joe, two NWA pay-per-views this weekend. Uh, we also have some, uh, some stuff going on uh, with New Japan of America, New Japan Strong, uh, as well as that Minoru Suzuki indie tour uh, that we said we're going to touch on a little bit here. But uh, what we wanted to start the show off with is a, a new thing that you kind of sprang on everybody, myself included, uh, le- earlier this week. And it is a new feature that we're going to do on the Voice of Wrestling Patreon, something that we'll, we'll at least touch on you know, periodically on the flagship, but will mostly be a Patreon thing. Uh, for discussion on VoicesWrestling.com slash Patreon, as well as our Discord, VoicesWrestling.com slash Discord. Uh, but it is the match of the week. Do you want to let us know what this match of the week was and, and, and kind of how you got this idea to, 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 to start this up? All right, so I've been kicking this idea around for a couple months, just trying to figure out how I wanted to approach it and how I wanted to do it. But, um, yeah, I don't even think I ever even discussed it with you. I think I just um, last Monday decided to roll it out. So what I'm going to do is every Monday – on the Patreon, $5 tier, I'm going to post a match. Uh, it's always going to be off of YouTube, so anyone can just, you know, it's not going to be difficult to track down. Nothing from, you know, some obscure subscription service or anything like that or some janky, uh, you know, Chinese or Russian tube site. It's always going to be off of YouTube, nice and easy, every Monday. And then uh, it, the match will be up for discussion, both on the Patreon page and on a private channel in the discord specifically for subscribers. So um, there'll be two different places where you can talk about the match. And it's not always going to be like a classic well-known match as this week's match kind of set the tone for. It's not always going to be some great 
high-quality, quote-unquote, notebook match. Again, this week's match kind of set the tone. There's a very, you know, the thinking that went into this week's match was to set the tone that, look, this is not going to be just a rundown of the classics that people have either seen already or that have been discussed to death. So these are going to be uh, a combination of matches. They're going to be uh, a little quirky. They're going to be matches that I remember watching that I thought were interesting. Every now and then I may throw in an all-time great match or a, a match that has a, a lot of historical value. Uh, the ne- I have the next two planned, and I'm not going to give away what they are, but they tie into each other. So this coming Monday there's going to be a match, and it's going to be very helpful to watch that one closely and pay attention to that one because it'll help you understand the following Monday's match even more. So I might even do things like that from time to time where I link two matches together. But at any rate, they're going to go up every Monday on the Patreon on the $5 tier. And then uh, there is a specific room in our discord titled match of the week. It's a locked room. You can only get in there if you're a subscriber. And I got to tell you the, 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 uh, the uh, activity we had in that room over this match stunned me. I mean, people were still talking to this match you know, into into Wednesday and Thursday even, there's still discussion going on. And this is just a little seven-minute match. So um, people are into the idea. It's a lot of fun. And if you're into the nerdier aspects of really breaking down matches and uh, and, and talking about uh, uh, pro wrestling matches from a hardcore nerd perspective, I think it's going to be a cool little deal. So uh, this week's match, of course, of course. Of course. <laughs> you obviously lead off with this match. You're going to start a new series and you want to get interest. Of course you go to the, an all-time classic like this one. Well, you know, like I said, it really sets the tone for what I'm trying to do. You know, I didn't want to come out of the gate with some classic all-time match and make people think that this was, that that's what this was right. going to be. You never know what you're going to get with this. All eras, all promotions, all styles. It's really going to be a total grab bag. And uh, I'm going to mix it up and keep it interesting. This week's match, and we're never going to talk about these on the air because I want to keep this subscriber specific. Okay, so if you want to get in on this, you got to subscribe. It's going to be a lot of fun. So this week's match was from uh, December 26th, 1986, from Madison Square Garden, WWF, of course, the Honky Tonk Man versus C.V. Afi. So if that doesn't tell you that this isn't going to be <laughs> yes. super famous, you know, all-time classics, then uh, then nothing will. But, um, yeah, no, it was a match that, um, you know, I watch, <laughs> you know, once or twice a year. I don't know why. It's just – it's a silly little match that has always stuck with me because um, – well, I don't know. You watched the match. What did you think? Of yeah, so so I thought it was kind of interesting. And, and obviously, like you said, we're not going to talk about these at length most of the time. This one maybe we'll, we'll, we'll make a, a brief uh, exception for just because it's kind of starting the series off. Uh, I mean, it was a match for sure. <laughs> like, I, I – uh, most of the time while I was watching it, I wasn't quite sure why you picked it. But there's some stuff that I that I did find that was super, super interesting about that one. I guess that's something that will always be fun uh, about doing this and discussing it with people. And one of the things that I never even noticed... Uh, and it took me kind of a little bit of watching this match before I, or, you know, the beginning of the the video before I realized, oh yeah, what the hell? Like Honky Tonk Man using a different theme song than I am used to. I'm always used to the cool, cocky, and bad that Honky Tonk Man theme, and it's a completely different one here. It's a wild theme that I had never oh, heard so before. Let me ask you, yeah. Oh, so you never heard that? Never, one? never in my life. Yeah, this was the theme he came into the company with. This was, um, um, I don't know the title of the song, but. Uh, um, I, I know that there's a couple different versions of it on YouTube, but yeah, this was honky tonk, man. Of course he comes in as a baby face 
and we've debated this on air before, whether the idea was for him to be a babyface or the idea was for them was for him to like kind of be a douchebag and fans to naturally turn on him so that they, so with the idea of, okay, we're going to quickly turn him heel. Um, most people think that was the plan. I have always felt, and I think I'm on an island. I think you may have agreed with me though. I feel like they did want him to be a babyface at first, but fans weren't taking to him, so they quickly pivoted. Right, I, I'm with you, and mostly the reason I'm with you is because they had Hulk Hogan be like, "Hey, dude, this guy's real good, dude." You know what I mean? And they wouldn't yeah. have done that if they wanted you to boo that guy. You know what I mean? Like that Hogan's you know endorsement at that time was almost Teflon. So yeah, that that um, that and definitely makes. Want, in 1986, they wouldn't want Hogan to look like a geek endorsing a guy. No, God no. So that again, yeah, and it wasn't just Hogan. There are other baby faces and. The babyface announcers didn't become skeptical of him until a few weeks in. Right, then right, right. Then the babyface announcers were like, "Well, I don't know about this guy," but you know. So I, I you know, at any rate, no matter where well, you and fall, on it's that interesting debate. that you bring that up, and I'm glad you brought it up this week because I actually posted a, a a SummerSlam scrambler this week on the Patreon, uh, and one of the topics we talked about was Kurt Angle's debut in WWF, and I always have questions still to this day of whether they thought the fans were going to cheer him or whether they thought the fans were going to boo him when he comes out. And and one of the, you know, it was it was interesting because we had half the people say, oh, no, he was definitely supposed to be a heel. And the other people saying, I don't know, it kind of feels like he was supposed to be a face. And it kind of feels like Jim Ross is on his side. And then it kind of feels like JR also, you know, or, or, or you know, Lawler is kind of on his side as well. And and I, I it's hard to tell. It's hard to t- know exactly what they wanted to do with Kurt Angle. And still to this day, I have no idea. And, and one of my big things is, is similar to your Hogan endorsement is they have him, he debuts against Sean fucking Stasiak, you know what I mean? Like the former meat who like nobody's going to cheer for ever. So if you wanted this guy to be a, you know, a, a heel, I don't know if it's a good idea to, to have him against meat, a guy that, yeah. you know, it's so it's very strange. Yeah. It's, I, I, I'm not quite sure. And I don't know if they just said, Hey, Kurt, go out there. And if they boo you, play it up like that. If they cheer you, play it up like that. We'll see what happens. But I, I still, to this day, have no idea. And it seems to be a, a, a discussion point between many people as well of what Kurt Angle was supposed to be when he came in as well. Which is dangerous to do with a rookie like that, because he's not a veteran who understands how to, uh, you know, uh, crowd manipulation or how to go with the crowd. At least in the case of the honky tonk man, this guy was a veteran. Wrestler oh yeah, all yeah, over the yeah. Place. In fact, this you know, a lot of people may not even know this. That's not even a WWE creation. He was honky tonk Wayne before he, that, you know, he was doing this gimmick before he came into Joe, WWE. Are you, you're telling me that so, uh, uh, successful gimmicks in WWE were not always created by that company and by Vince McMahon? Get out of here. I mean, not this one. So <laughs> Or um, another name that we mentioned, Hulk Hogan, earlier. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he comes in, and at any rate, whether they meant to, whether they meant for him to be a heel all along or not, they do the fan vote deal to turn him. Obviously, the worked fan vote. Do you approve of the Honky Tonk Man? Jesse Ventura gives the results on Wrestling Challenge or whatever it was. And uh, Gorilla Monsoon in this match says 700,000 people voted in their poll. I don't, I don't know about that. That's what, that's what Jesse said, too. <laughs> it, 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 it's on the network, that episode of Challenge. So yeah. Jesse's standing there with, with Honky Tonk, man. And Jesse's like, the results are in. Over 700,000 ballots were cast. <laughs> Right. So Honky Tonk Man's like, I told you they loved me. I told you they loved me, Jesse. And he goes, no, no, no. You don't understand. 700 ballots, 700,000 ballots were cast against you. They don't like you. Only 130,000 ballots were cast for you. So then Honky Tonk Man goes crazy. This is is a travesty. This is is ridiculous. You know, I can't take this. So so that's how they did the turn. 
And like you said, in this match, the Madison Square Garden match, Monsoon addresses that because this match took place a couple of weeks after that Ventura segment aired on Challenge. So he is freshly full-on heel in this match. And oh boy, is he a heel. Oh my God, is he a heel. Yeah, but this this song is is interesting because it's more of a blues song. You know what I mean? It's got a little bit, and it, it sounds a lot like the Bushwhackers theme. Uh, that would eventually, you know, they, they they move over to the Bushwhackers. But it's more of a blues song as opposed to the, the, the honky-tonk man that most people know uh, in WWF. It's just straight up like 50s rockabilly music. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not. So it's an interesting take that they maybe decided to kind of pivot a different way with that character. Where he, he you know, at this time is a little bit more of a kind of a cool, bluesy, kind of Elvis-inspired guy. Whereas, like, later, he, yes, he kind of looks like Elvis. But he's just basically, like, a 1950s two like, sock hop guy. You know what I mean? Like, cool, cocky, and bad is just, like... Well, yeah, well, well, it starts off, like, the, the his first theme is, like, a true honky-tonk song. Yeah, exactly, right. That, you know, and then a few weeks after this match, they, they kind of, they don't totally repackage him, but they give him Jimmy Hart. And I think they did mention that Jimmy Hart was his manager already at this point. He just they did. Hart didn't. Yeah. He just didn't work this MSG. A lot of times the managers wouldn't go on the road. But um, so they give him Jimmy Hart. They give him Peggy Sue, you know, which was sensational, Sherry. And then they uh, they 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 kind of they get rid of the suspenders. They give him a new look, and of course the the the, the new theme song. And that's when he goes full on Elvis impersonator at that point. Like you're saying, he obviously is modeled after Elvis to some degree. At first, with the suspender look, but it's it's it. See, this is my favorite era of Honky Tonk Man, post turn, but before the repackage. Like I think he's most interesting for these couple of months or these few weeks, because in this match against Siviafi, there's a real ferocity to his work. Like oh yeah, he's bumping around like a maniac too. Yeah, and I've never you know I'm I'm used to the Honky Tonk Man that uh, he's not taking he's not getting paid by the bump like the lad you know the last twenty years of uh, Wayne Ferris was not a man that enjoyed taking bumps, losing matches, or doing anything of the sort. But here, man, he's bumping all over the place. He's looking like a million bucks. And then yeah, when he's on the offense, he's just beating the fuck out of Siviafi. It's awesome. So it's not just me. It's kind of nastier offense. Oh, for sure, nastier offense, bigger cells. Just yeah, uh, more just a more explosive worker in general. Because yeah, the the honky tonk man that I know doesn't do shit. You know what I mean? He barely does anything. So uh, it was really cool. Yeah, once they repackage him to the honky tonk man that most people remember, there's a slight character shift too. He becomes more cowardly, and the idea behind the character is he sucks. But he's going to always find a way to protect that Intercontinental title. Meaning most of the time, he's just going to take a count out. He's just going to leave and get counted out. Or he's going to hit somebody in the head with the guitar. Or Jimmy Hart's going to hit somebody with the megaphone. Or, But he's more of a coward. He begs off constantly. And, um, you know, he, he, he never is at the advantage unless he takes part in some chicanery. This version of Honky Tonk Man... Uh, that we see in this match at MSG is not really cowardly. He's a heel. Don't you know? There's no doubt about it. And he does some dastardly things. Like the whole setup for this match is he attacks CV Afi earlier in the night to try to get out of wrestling the match. And then you know Howard Finkel says that you know makes the big announcement. CV Afi has decided that you know he's going to compete tonight, and the crowd goes crazy. And then Hockey Tonk Man has to wrestle him anyway. That's the setup for the match. And then, uh, uh, yeah, and then, then then they have their match, and 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 then Honky's doing his usual posturing in the post match, telling the fans how much uh, that he loves them, and he's taking too long to get out of there, 
And here comes Tito Santana. Oh, I loved match. it. Well, the thing that I loved about that is it's on this week, especially when we're, we're talking about Mystico and, and, you know, the old Mystico is the new Mystico, who's the old Mystico, who's the new Mystico or whatever. And I love this uh, this tribute to Mystico here by Honky Dog, man. He just wouldn't leave the fucking ring. <laughs> just yeah. Soaking in the adulation, none of it coming. It's like fucking Mystico in a Fantastica Mania where it's like, bro, I don't know if the, the that side's going to give you any more cheers than they gave you the last time you did it. Like, get out of the fucking ring, man. Let's go. And that's, yeah, it's all done for Hill Heat here where Honky's like, Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> just keeps yeah. going over to the crowd, trying to get you know high fives and stuff, and no, everyone's booing him and giving him middle fingers and stuff. And he goes, oh, all right, thank you, thank you, thank you. He goes over to the other side, nobody. And then Tito Santana's just like, I'm sick of this shit. I got to get out of here. My match is enough next. So, yeah, really, really fun angle there. So Tito comes out, and then Tito gives him the hand wave. Did you notice the hand yep. wave? The classic hand wave. He's like, ah, forget this guy. So he's got to get in the ring for his match against Hercules, who's a tough competitor, right? And uh, Honky attacks him from the back. He, you know, he knocks him down with the forearm and then goes after his knee. And um, I haven't watched it yet, but that Tito-Hercules match is on YouTube. And I guarantee you Hercules went right after that knee. After <laughs> oh, for sure. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. So uh, I want to wrestling used out. to be good, Joe. Wrestling used to be really, really wrestling good. Wrestling so. used to be really, really good. Yeah. And uh, WWF wrestling, anyway, used to be really, really good. So, uh, you, know, you know, so anyway, um, that was the match I picked this week. And um, there were some really cool discussions on the Discord, like, you know, about the entrance music. That, Like you, a lot of people never heard that original entrance music. So there was a discussion there and this theory that it was repurposed for the Bushwhackers, which... Um, is that confirmed? I mean, it does I don't sound think it similar, is. I think it's just. But... I, I think I'm sure. Just in general, they had like similar vibes. You know what I mean? Maybe you're just you're feel, like if, if it's one composer, if that's a Jim Johnson song or someone in house that's doing it, like they might just have the same vibe, and 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 you know they might not have. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know if it was literally like, oh hey, let's just take this old honky verse and make it, you know, or this old honky song and make it for Bushwhackers. I think it's maybe just you know inspired by it, or it's the same guy creating it. So there's only so many different types of music that that guy you know kind of in, is inspired by. Or, or, or can create so i don't know it's definitely the same basic beat yeah doom, 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 doom. but they take like the guitar and the singing out of the honky version and they add like the digamadoo <laughs> didgeridoo yeah the didgeridoo yeah. <laughs> and they add that in place of the fucking guitar and the sing- yeah. and the singing um, you know that that honky song is actually isn't even a bad song. Like, it's I not. Like it's it really not. Song. Yeah, that's why I was like, man, this guy's kind of cool. Like, it's not a bad song. He, he definitely comes across cooler, and that's probably why they changed it to like the absolutely most uncool thing that you could pop. You know, ni- late eighties, and you're just doing a nineteen fifty two like sock hop song. You know, a fucking drive in. You know, uh, a theater song. So yeah, it made a lot of sense that that, that they went. Uh, in that direction yeah. with it, but uh, yeah, there's also uh, great discussions and and uh, yeah, and anytime you're gonna watch an old wrestling show, you're going to hear some uh, very odd things from the announcers, potentially cancelable things from the announcers. So oh, Bobby Heenan, yeah. yeah, Bobby Heenan, you know, talking about the the Samoans all being illiterate and <laughs> and stuff, and they don't even the best. He says, ah, oh, they don't even know their shoe size, Gorilla. <laughs> gorilla, you could tell his because la- obviously the Samoans never wear shoes. And Gorilla, you know, you could hear him for a second, just not have a response. He's probably laughing. He's trying to think of how. Yeah, he's, he's just like, oh, Bobby, stop it. You know, because he well, can't, there's no retort. They don't wear shoes. What's he going to say? Like, you know? Yeah, Bobby backed him into a corner. Yeah. But, you so know. he just silenced and then just goes, Would you, you, I can't believe you, Bobby. You're just, you're so, why you always got to be hard for that people? And then I love this where uh, Gorilla would say, he goes, 
Bobby, in fact, the Samoans are actually one of the most intelligent races. <laughs> yeah, because... And I was I like, really? How, how do you know that? Like, you don't well, know that either. Because Keenan said all the Samoans are dumb. Right. And, but, like, and, well, where's uh, the research on that? I'm not, I'm not saying that Samoans aren't the most intelligent. That's quite the factoid to pull out of your ass there, Gorilla. Like, but, the, you know, the baby face has to balance that out. So <laughs> no, for sure, yeah. That's why I think it's not like, okay, it's shocking to hear with 2020. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. But and if you're some 24-year-old kid, like, obviously you're going to be like, oh, my God. You know, but it's like <laughs> back then, it was just the world was different. And to me, as long as the baby face counterbalances it, that's the key. Like, Monsoon wasn't agreeing with him. Yeah, Monsoon, Monsoon wasn't was like, like, they might not be smart, but they're great wrestlers. You know right, what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, that's, that's different. Like, yeah. They're all dumb. And then Monsoon was like, oh, they happen to have very high IQs. And then Heenan's like, yeah, I think if you add them all together, it comes to 50. Is what <laughs> right. said. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. then Monsoon is like, well, I'll have you know, Bobby, that Samoans are among the smartest of races. You know, so it's right. like he's countering it like and sure. and is disgust he's disgusted with what this heel is uh is throwing at them but you know i, I did I mean? enjoy later in the match when a uh, uh, honky talk man tried to headbutt uh Siviafi. gorilla monsoon uh man who defender of the samoans yes. goes yes. oh you can't headbutt a samoan what are you thinking honky <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> well i mean that's <laughs> yeah, right. that was a thing that was a gimmick of course yeah it was a positive yeah any samoan wrestler yep. <laughs> up until even a few years ago part of the gimmick was you cannot headbutt them because their craniums are harder than everybody else's. <laughs> right. Again, this is never going to fly anymore. No, but well, and fuck it lasted until like 2017, you know? And this was a thing Samoans did on purpose. Yes, Like yes. this wasn't like, you know, like like they were all like, oh, well, this is part of our When, when was the Vince McMahon bone through your nose promo to Roman Reigns? Was that, that one, like that 2017? Long. Like that wasn't. Yeah, that was like. That Not was like that long ago. Years ago. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, well, he, he, I think the line was, "You're one generation removed from having a bone through your nose." Yeah. On fucking raw, on <laughs> not raw. that long ago, In like 2017. Yeah. I mean, you know, but Siviafi, of course, is the one we're talking about, and he came in in '86 as the latest attempt to replace Jimmy Snuka. Yeah, and you say, I know how you mentioned like he's the re- latest way to replace Jimmy Snuka. They literally were just like, "Hey man, just be Jimmy Snuka if you could." And he's like, "Okay." You know, he's wore the same trunks, same hair, same physique, uh same uh, yeah. potentially uh, medically aided physique, like same wrestling style. They just li- they didn't he was literally Jimmy Snuka. <laughs> there was no difference other than one was tremendously over and the other one was Siviafi. So Well, by this point, well See, you might not know this, but they debuted him as Superfly Afi. They just, they called him fucking Superfly. Yeah. <laughs> like, people think Fake Diesel and Fake Razor was the first. No, that was like 10 years later. This was just, fuck, you know, McMahon has tried this playbook forever. He's always had this ego. And, and we talked about it a couple weeks ago when we talked about um, Jody Hamilton and how his record for youngest headliner in MSG was broken by the Tonga Kid who was the first attempt to replace Jimmy Snuka. And Tonga Kid kind you know, he got over better than C.V. Afi did. The problem with C.V. Afi was he had no charisma whatsoever. And he really wasn't any kind of a worker either. He was a total jag in the ring. And he was just a charismaless void. I mean, the guy had no charisma. So Tonga Kid didn't really work out for a number of reasons. And then C.V. Afi just didn't work out at all. I think... He had two matches with the Superfly gimmick in MSG. And in those days, 
if you got over an MSG, you're going to get a push. If you didn't get over an MSG, you were fucked. And he just didn't get over an MSG. Yeah. So they they stripped him of the Superfly name. And, you know, he stuck around for like three years as CV Oppie, as a regular. He didn't work TV much. He never squashed people on TV. Every now and then he would do a job on TV, kind of like your Lanny Poppos, Iron Mike Sharps, SD Jones. He was kind of like on that level, but it was weird because he wouldn't do a lot of TV jobs either. He was really just a house show guy, but he was a regular and he worked, you know, triple digit dates per year as the house show guy where he would usually lose, but he would sometimes beat the other prelim guys. Like he would beat your Iron Mike Sharps of the world and, um, you know, your Pete Doherty's and people like that. So he was slightly ahead of your Lanny Poppos and Iron Mike Sharps and SD Jones types, but he was firmly behind everybody else because once he didn't get over in the Superfly gimmick, he was doomed. So he was a guy that would work prelims on house shows and almost always lose. And then uh, at the very tail end of his run in 88, when they were trying to do something different with the Islanders, they made him the third member of the Islanders and they turned the Islanders into a trio's. And a lot of people don't remember this managed by Heenan, but, and they made him get full body tattoos to put the gimmick over and they repackaged him as high chief Afi. And he teamed with Haku and Tama. Ironically enough, Tama was the Tonga kid. So, you know, we come full circle here. So they put him with the Islanders as a trio and they, they work one television taping together. And in a little piece of trivia, one of the opponents was a young Steve Blackman. I have that tape on VHS. Oh, wow. <laughs> Damn. It's, it's Outback Jack, Steve Blackman. Outback Jack, by this point, they gave up on two and was a TV jobber. And I can't remember. Oh, Brady Boone was the third guy. So a very interesting team that they faced. Okay? So uh, they win their TV match. And then what happens is Tama quits the company. So on the ensuing house, uh, house show tour, Bobby Heenan replaces Tama. So it's Haku, High Chief Afi, and Bobby Heenan. And then by the next time, by the next, by the time the next set of TVs came around, they gave up on the idea because the idea was to be a trios team, and they, I guess, they didn't see any potential in keeping Haku with CB Afi, because if you really want to come full circle, before Tama was ever in the mix, Haku and CB Afi were partners as babyfaces before before they put Haku with Tama, and that team never took off. So I guess they figured, ah, eh, if it didn't work as baby faces, it's not going to work as heels. The Islanders are kind of played out as it is. So they, so they, they fired CV Afi after he got full body tattoos, <laughs> put the gimmick over. They let the guy go, and then they repackaged Haku into King Haku. So that's kind of how. That's way more information about CV Afi than anybody wants. But there you go. There's the history of CV Afi in the World Wrestling Federation. And if you want to watch the match of the week. It's Honky Tonk Man versus C.V. Afi. You got all your background, and um, we're going to do this every week. And really, you're going to want to get in before next week. Rich, you don't even know the two matches. I don't. I yeah, I, I know nothing. I, I, I don't want to. I want to be surprised, so don't even tell me. You are going to love this week's match. You are going to love it. Like, obviously, I think a lot of people were like, ah, mid-80s WWF is Joe's <laughs> wheelhouse. Sure. That's where he was going to go week one. This is most definitely not my wheelhouse, but it's a it's a match that, it's it's a famous match. I would say it's a famous match, and um, it's it's a match that contains. It's not only a famous match, but it also has a really great angle. And then the match the following week is um, is going to tie into the match this week. And um, it's definitely not. This is not going to be a mid '80s WWF 
uh, project. I'm bouncing all over the world and all kinds of time periods. So uh, this match is definitely going to generate the one coming up uh, a ton of discussion. So there you go. That's the new gimmick. Match of the week up at uh, patreon.com uh, slash voices of wrestling. Also going through the SummerSlam scrambler right now as well. I can do that through the rest of the month uh, and, and maybe some, some exciting stuff uh, coming up in September as well. So we'll do SummerSlam retros until the, uh, the end of August, uh, maybe the early parts of September, then move on to some different stuff. Uh, as well. But that is up there. Thursday tier reviews, all the other stuff uh, available at patreon.com slash voices of wrestling. So obviously we start this incredible show where so much is going on in the wrestling world. CM Punk just debuted. Uh, SummerSlam happened. Brock Lesnar, Becky Lynch came back. <laughs> Takeoverhead, a match the year contender. And of course, the way we start our show is talking about Supple Next, CV Afi, and the Honky Talk Man. Just just perfect. Just perfect flagship uh, right there. But uh, let's let's get into the the, the big news here. Uh, with CM Punk's debut on AEW Rampage, I was there live. I did an instant reaction talking about it uh, as well. It was it was a semi instant reaction. The the, the uh, morning after because I really could not talk <laughs> the night of. I was very exhausted the night of, uh, so I did it the morning after. Uh, but Joe, I haven't heard on audio your thoughts about the CM Punk debut uh, on Rampage. Now it seems like it seems like it happened like months ago now at this point because he's already, he's been on Dynamite. He's done all that sort of stuff. But uh, what do you think of of the debut? Uh, did you think that we matched Pittsburgh? You you challenged the city of Chicago to uh to meet Pittsburgh's uh, lofty lofty standards uh, for a wrestling crowd. And Joe, I, I I'm wondering, uh, did we meet those standards for you? Uh, neck and neck. Yeah. Neck uh, and yeah. Neck. <laughs> neck and neck. The um, roof of the United Center literally blowing off. <laughs> yeah. No, that was listen. Look, no hyperbole here or hyperbole, as Jim Ross would say. Um, did you hear Jim Ross? Did he say that? that? Said Get this guy out of here. Are you fucking that's, kidding? Get him out of here. That's why I fired off that tweet. It sounds like sixth place Mountain West versus fifth place Mountain Get out of here. It, on, on December on like December 16th <laughs> in Nashville. Yeah. Playing in the Hyper Bowl. <laughs> um yeah, but uh listen, we if yeah, no the one Monster else Energy Hyper Bowl or something. Exactly. Yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> no, it had to, it would be it would have to be some like off-brand energy drink. It'd be like the Rockstar Energy Hyper Bowl. <laughs> exactly. Like Middle yeah, Tennessee State versus, you know. Yeah, yeah. Air MTSU Force. versus Air Force. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd watch the hell out of that, by the way. I love dumb bowls. That's, that's one of my favorite things, but yeah. And, uh, you know, and of course, since we are masters of pronunciation. <laughs> of course, yeah. Right, we are allowed to, to, to make fun of somebody for mispronouncing something. For, yeah. for pronouncing that wrong. But uh, with no, with no hyperbole at all, um, and I don't even think this is a hot take. That was one of the greatest moments in modern pro wrestling history. I mean, it just was, you know, in terms of, you know, when you consider how long the guy's been gone, what he means to those fans in particular, not just the Chicago fans, but as we've been saying, you know, uh, you know, I thought it was so cool. And apropos that last night on dynamite, he retired the voice of the voiceless moniker because there really is no need for that anymore. Right, you guys are that voice. You you've carried on the voice. You you You're don't not need me anymore. anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And and what he means to those fans and what he meant to those fans and that pop was just utterly ridiculous. It sustained all the way through. I mean, you were there. I don't have to tell you, but it came across that way on TV as well. And the thing about it is, you know, he he when he when he when he got down on his knees on the stage when he came out and he kind of took it all in and his eyes welled up, right? And they're showing us this. And, you know, there's times where, you know, wrestlers are working 
and there's times where I, what I what do I, what do I always say, Rich? It's in the eyes. It's always in their yeah, eyes. Yeah, you can't fake they, your eyes. You can never fake you your can't eyes. Can't fake your eyes, you know. And and um, it's uh, there's a great on uh, New Japan World when they when Shinsuke Nakamura they give him his kind of uh, farewell in, in Cork and Hall, and chaos comes out. Everybody comes out, and if anyone wants to take the time to go do this, go watch that and go look at Okada's eyes. Go look at, you know, the members of chaos out there and, and, you know, look them in the eye. It's like wrestlers know when to turn it on and turn it off. And and the tell is always in the eyes and he's on the stage and he's looking around and his eyes are welling up. And he later on, I even think he referenced it, that he wanted to feel that moment. And that was going to determine where his promo went. That was going to determine the the whole feel of the promo and and the and and he was just feeling it and and uh, it it was it, that to me was my favorite moment of the whole thing when he yeah. was just taking it in and I to me I think that's that might end up being an iconic photo of him. There's that one picture of him kneeling down on the stage and kind of looking out to the crowd, and he's got that smirk on his face. And um, you know, I got to tell you, we knew this would be big, and we talked about it. But uh, I really feel like this was bigger than I even thought it would be. It was just uh, truly one of the great moments I've ever seen in pro wrestling in my lifetime. It's one of the great moments in modern pro wrestling history. I really don't think I'm overstating it. No, and, and- no, you really aren't. Yeah, and it, it was it, it's so much went into it, and there was so much in its simplicity that that made it great as well. It, is you know, we talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks, not saying his name, but letting everybody know, you know who this is, you know it's going to be, you know we're going to do it, and then just delivering it. And, you know, we, we had talked about, okay, well, maybe you do this, or maybe you have this guy come, and maybe you have that guy come, and it's just like, they got there and they said, no, just play the fucking music and have him walk out. <laughs> it's like, you know, what I, and, and it's perfect. Like, it's, it's, it, it didn't overthink it. You just said, you know, you didn't say, well, what song are we going to use? It's like Tony just bought Cult of Personality and said, the show's going to start, we're going to play your fucking music, and then you're going to walk out. And then you have the first half of the show, basically, to do whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll, but we'll... it's cool that people were debating. Yeah, stuff. right. That's what I mean. And that, and that, that, the simplicity of not saying what you were going to do, and the simplicity of leaving it a little open ended, and the simplicity of of just kind of leading people close to a point, but not leading them all the way there, allows people. And that's what the art of pro wrestling really is: is that it allows people to say, "Oh, they should do this. They should do that." Or, "Hey, what about this?" Or, "What you know?" And it, it, it's so much easier than saying, "Oh, next week on on AEW Rampage, CM Punk will come out and address the AEW crowd." You know what I mean? Like that. It, it, they a lot of times wrestling companies do that because maybe it makes more business sense to, to do that and say, okay, this guy's going to come on this segment or whatever. But it takes so much of the uh, the spontaneousness of wrestling. It takes so much of that out. And that whole moment felt very spontaneous. Other than we're going to play your music, from that point forward, Punk, however you want to walk out, however you want to get in the ring, however you want to do it, whatever, go for it. We don't care. You want to fuck? You want to crowd surf? Knock yourself out. You want to sit on the ramp for a minute and take it all in while your eyes wall up? Do it. If you want to wait till and, and I saw someone point this out too that uh, if you if you listen to the song, uh, at the point of the cult of personality when it says "Will you set me free" or whatever, that's when he stands up and 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 walks towards the ring or whatever. So, uh, kind of a cool little. I again, I don't know if he did that on purpose. I think it was Andrew Rich uh, actually that said on uh, "Music of the Mat." And um, knowing Punk, that ha- I mean, there's probably a, a pretty high percent chance that he didn't just you know. It wasn't a coincidence that he stood up at that exact time or whatever, but like they pretty much said, "Hey, man, you got twenty, twenty-five minutes or whatever. Go do whatever you want to do." And that that to me is what pro wrestling is. Like you said, 
Punk being able to kind of breathe that in and not having a, a PA run up to him and go, okay, no, 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 go in, go in, go in. We got to play your prior role. Your pyro's going to come. Like, it just wasn't that produced. They just played his music and said, go, you know? And that made it awesome. And it felt like his promo was a guy speaking from the heart. It felt like a guy who 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 fell back into love with pro wrestling in that moment. Maybe he didn't know if he was going to fully love it again. But like yeah. you said, that moment when he comes in there and his eyes well up, it's like you can feel the rush, the seven years of, ah, I'm done with wrestling. Ah, wrestling's not that cool. Wrestling's not that fun. Because, I mean, that guy was on record saying, ah, who cares? Ah, wrestling's wrestling. Ah, whatever. You know? And in that moment, it was just like, fuck, this rules. Wrestling is so great. The moment that we all have when we think wrestling is dumb and then something comes and we go, fuck, that's great. Wrestling is so good. He had Which that moment happens, there. It happens to me once a week. <laughs> right. Where you're like, fuck this shit. This is stupid. Why do I, why do I devote my time <laughs> I'm to this? not doing this. And then you watch Walter versus Ilya Dragunov, and you're like, yes, fuck, yes. yes, wrestling rules. Like, yeah. yeah. So, no, it's, it's exactly that. So, yeah, you felt that in that moment, that that was a guy who once again was falling in love with wrestling, and and, and his promo reflected that. A guy that's just, he's back to loving wrestling. And and, and I thought, in, and, and I guess this is a little bit of a debate that you and I can have. Maybe not a debate. I guess I, I, I don't know your thoughts on this yet, but I have seen some people say that they, they thought his intro uh, uh, promo could have been a little bit more anti WWE and really kind of stick it to him and and go at him and all that sort of stuff. But I actually thought, and I talked about this on the instant reaction that I did, I actually liked his approach that he doesn't need to punch down or, or, or punch over to WWE anymore. All he had to say was, look, they do a thing that's entirely different than what we do here. We're AEW, we're wrestling. When I left Ring of Honor, I left wrestling. Whatever that other stuff is, is that other stuff. But I'm here now, and I love wrestling again. And and I like to me that's even more poignant than saying, "Yeah, Vince McMahon, he should die," or like, "Oh, that guy's dumb. He doesn't understand it," or "Bad creative." Like that stuff. We've heard that stuff a thousand times. But this is a man who who usually doesn't take the high road, taking the high road and going, "You know what? You guys do whatever the hell you're gonna do. We're gonna move pro wrestling forward here. AEW is pro wrestling, and that is what we're gonna care about." You guys can be. You guys can go be like Marvel or whatever the hell you're going to be. This is pro wrestling. I I thought that was so good and such a good way to have that promo go, as opposed to just the the bottom of the barrel kind of punching down, taking shots at Dota thing. I don't think he needs to do that anymore. And 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 I think it's even more poignant to just kind of feel like you're ignoring them and you've moved on completely from that entire period of your life, which I I actually appreciate. I think he could have been meaner. Um, you know. Not in the ways you're saying. Like, I don't think, uh, you know, lowbrow insults and whatnot. Um, now, I'm not, now, don't get me wrong. I'm not disappointed in the promo at all. And I do think the I left pro wrestling in 2005 line is fucking pretty goddamn hardcore. I mean, that is a nasty fucking, uh, uh, you know, uh, strike to throw. That's what I mean. It I means love. you mean so little to me that I, I, I yeah. don't even consider you part of my career. And it's like, right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was good. I never would have thought of that. And I think the crowd was a little surprised too, because well, I had a friend uh, being like, what the hell is he talking about? I'm like, we're ring of honor. And they're like, what? <laughs> it's just like, well, I'll yeah. tell you later. I'll tell you later. Like, well, he was like, well, even in the moment he goes, I left wrestling on August, whatever it was, 2005. And you can, on TV, you could hear the crowd be like, what? Like, <laughs> right, right. Crowd, yeah. It was 2014. Like, what are you talking about, you dummy? Yeah. Like, yeah. So half the crowd who wasn't familiar with any of that. And then when they saw where he was going, people were like, oh, shit. That is pretty fucking – that is a nasty way to fucking uh, – to, to approach this. But um, no, I mean I'm not someone who will ever say – I mean I – listen, I, 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 I am – I'm angry at WWE. They have they have ruined the last 20 years of Major League Pro Wrestling in this country. And um, 
you know, people who listen to this show know it's 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 a very it's very frustrating to me that they've wasted such great assets and such a great roster for the majority of that time. And it pisses me off as a fan. So when people take shots at them, I revel in it. I enjoy it. I like it. And, um, and I just like that kind of stuff in general, like Roman Reigns this week. You see the Roman tweet? Oh, I did. Yeah. That stuff's great. He's like, Hey, now that's moving the needle. He says when, you know, quote, tweeting a WWE tweet that it was the highest grossing SummerSlam of all time. And the biggest, you know, that's this SummerSlam show, which we're going to talk about was, the uh, the biggest gate for any non WrestleMania show in North American history. I mean, an unmitigated success. And he quote tweeted that and said, "Now that's moving the needle." Now, is he gotten to with all the attention Punk is getting? Undoubtedly. Oh, of course, but yeah. But that's pro- that's, that's rules. He- I love that. Yes. I want everybody to be gotten to. <laughs> he's gotten to by the attention Punk was getting all weekend, and he accomplished something that was great. So he's gonna fight back as he should. So he, yeah, that fucking rules. Why do people? <laughs> this i don't know They're like dorks. i want more of this it's awesome it's fun this shit is fun you know um because you know unlike some dork like seth rollins like roman has a point like he has a fucking pretty good point so um so anyway yeah though i wouldn't have minded if he went a little harder but i understand your point too and i think the way he handled it was look there's no way you can nitpick this promo it was fucking it was perfect yeah it's phenomenal I mean, it, yeah yeah you know, and and you know, you know, and, and then he worked Darby in, and that's going to be a huge fucking match, and you know, a pay per view that a lot of people were were unsure of, uh, for good reason when they pivoted away from the Hangman match. You know, whether he was supposed to be there or not is immaterial at this point. Uh, all of a sudden, feels like a huge, huge pay per view, and they're not simply relying on Punk versus Darby, which they easily could, because this is going to be their most purchased pay-per-view of all time. I mean, I don't have any doubt in my mind. You look at the Rampage rating, you look at the Dynamite rating, this pay-per-view is breaking all of their records. And they could have done that strictly on the back of CM Punk. They're giving you Chris Jericho, MJF, and Chris in a potential retirement match. They're giving you the Bucks in a steel cage either against either the Lucha Brothers or Jurassic Express. Uh, they're giving you a stacked show. They're giving you Pac and Andrade. I mean, it's a stacked show. You know, Kenny Omega Christian, is like third from the top. I mean, and that match felt cold, and now all of a sudden, feels like a red hot match. So, uh, you know, it, it, you know, it, it's it's going to be a loaded show, and I think a lot of the uneasiness that people were feeling when they got Hangman taken off the table, you're not going to find many people who are going to complain about this card now, especially with how well Punk came off, because even for people like you and I who knew he was going to come across like. Uh, you know, come across uh, in an incredible way. He's coming across like the biggest star in the world. Uh, so he's even exceeded our expectations. So for people who were like, eh, I don't know if Punk's going to get over, they have to just be completely blown away by this. Yeah, oh, it was nuts. Yeah, I, I got, uh, the, the, when I, you know, I, I was talking about like getting text messages from friends or whatever. I got a text from my mom who was watching it. And then who said, oh, uh, your aunt is watching and is asking questions. I'm like, what are you talking – like, my aunt's watching this for some reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just – and she's she, – you know, she just sent my mom a message and just said, CM Punk, CM Punk. And I was like, what? You know, my aunt is, you know, in her 60s, and she's watching this and going nuts about it and asking questions and goes, oh, I can't believe – I'm so jealous that Rich is there. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's just like – yeah, it's just absolutely ridiculous. It's 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 wild. Look at her rating it pulled in Chicago. So you're – Oh, I know. Yeah, she's not alone. Everybody in Chicago was watching. 
watching this fucking thing. I thought every, I thought literally everybody I know in Chicago was there at that arena because I saw him that day. I saw him before and I saw him after. But somehow there was still more people in Chicago that were watching it on TV. It's just absolutely crazy. I mean, which is another good business point to make this idea that maybe they were overdoing the Chicago market. No, no, this is God, huge. No. So, I mean, I do think they need to get away from Chicago for a while after this, though. Like, but doing these three shows or whatever in Chicago and really Milwaukee, which is right up the road, I mean, this is taking advantage of this red hot thing that's brand new. And, you know, they're, they're selling the tickets. So, um, you know, it's and you could see the rating that they popped in Chicago, which was utterly ridiculous. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Rampage couldn't have come across. I mean, I don't know how it could have come across any better. I mean, it was it was picture perfect. It was incredible. You got to experience it live. Um, good for you that you didn't pull the Lanza and, and skip Kabashi Joe. <laughs> I will regret that for my entire life. Um, shit, you're laughing. I, that is one of my, the deep regrets of my life. Skipping that show. And I didn't have shit to do that day. It's not like my boss. Yeah, was there a good reason? Was there, you just didn't feel like it? It just didn't. No, I just didn't want to go to New York. I was like, eh, I'm not going to go. Like, I could have went. I probably just sat on the couch all day. Like, you know, I I had nothing going on. You know, that's one of the great regrets of my life. But, uh, but, you know, so if you would have missed out on this, you know, you got your hands on whatever ticket you could and you got your ass in the building. And uh, that's a nice job out of you. I was pretty high up there. You know when they uh, when they panned to Darby and Sting? Yeah, that was basically me. Was, yeah, yeah, you're I was a row few feet below yeah. them. And I'm, I, that's a shoot. I was literally a few feet below them. So yeah, it was. Uh, mm-hmm. I was touching the the, <laughs> the catwalk that they were <laughs> they were standing on. So uh, yeah, if you think we're co opted, trust me. I uh, not on that night. I wasn't. So that's... one point one two nine million viewers and a point five three in the demo from ten to eleven on a Friday. Yeah, that's fucking insane. I mean, what the fuck, you know? So, um, and then the follow-up for Dynamite, 0.48 in the demo, which is the highest demo number they've ever done outside of the debut. Yeah, October 2nd, 2019. Was it 1.173? I can't remember it. I'm not looking at it. Uh, The demo was Uh, 0.68 in the demo, 1.4 million. No, no, no. I mean, uh, yesterday. Oh, yesterday was 1.17 million. Uh, 0.48 in the demo. Yeah, yeah. So, which is uh, basically, and I talked about this behind the paywall. This is the uh, the third highest viewed dynamite of all time in terms of total viewers. Uh, the number two, both with the 0.48 and in the total viewers in 18 to 49, only behind the debut. Um, males 18 to 49, only behind the debut. People age 35 to 49, second only to the debut. You see the, the trend here. This was uh, uh, two monster ratings that they pulled there. I see a lot of people saying the Dynamite number was disappointing. They have no clue what they're talking about. I mean, they're just out to lunch. Um, even the over 50, even the old showed up, Rich, the third highest viewed Dynamite of all time with the people age 50 or older. So uh, it was the number one show on cable by a wide margin. It did a .48. Real Housewives did a .42. Uh, the challenge did a point three, uh, and it was the number four show overall on TV. Period, Dynamite last night. So, um, and remember, this all the intrigue was Friday, the 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 debut, and uh, for and, and look, there was nothing on paper 
on this time. I mean, people. No, it was not a hard sell dynamite at all. I mean, right. other than the idea that CM Punk will be there, it was pretty much up in the air of what even was going to be on this show. And what they did announce, it wasn't going to light your world on fire, even 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 the, the few matches that they did say uh, were going to happen. It was a very light card going in. Yeah. So Punk, the second time around, basically did the best dynamite numbers of all time, excluding the debut. Is base is the most basic way to look at it. Um, and, and amazingly, there's people saying that was disappointing. That's crazy. I mean, but that shows you how high the bar has been raised, I guess, right? I mean, you know, you, you know these were incredible numbers. But um, we have the quarters from Brandon. You want these quarter hours? Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I don't think I've seen these yet, so go ahead. All right, so the show opened at 1.241 million viewers tuning in to see, uh, you know, if Punk would open the show. He did not. It was Orange Cassidy and Matt Hardy. Um so they lost some viewers the next quarter hour. Uh, they gained gee, some. Gee, I wonder why. <laughs> but the show was well over a million for the entire yeah, duration yeah. of the show. So, uh, well, I think a lot of people, everyone turned on expecting Punk to open again. See, my feeling was he was either going to open the show or come on at the top of the hour. I knew they weren't going to save him for the end. Um, and they ended up going with top of the hour. So bounce back for Lucha Bros, uh, 1.227 million. The women's match dropped to 1.17 million, which was basically the average of the whole show. And then Punk bounced back up to 1.2 million again. So uh, technically that was the third highest quarter with the opening quarter and the Lucha Brother match barely edging it out. But those were the three quarters that were over 1.2 million. And then after Punk was done, it slowly cascaded down until the uh, Malachi Black Brock Anderson main event, which did just shade over a million. So... Uh, there's quarter hours for dynamite. Pretty much the pattern you would expect. Yeah, yeah, that, that, so, nothing, nothing surprising uh, there. But a pretty, uh, pretty monstrous numbers there for both shows, and that leads us into all out, which we'll talk about more extensively next week once the card is official and all that. But I mean, we pretty much know the card. It's it's Punk Darby, it's uh, it's it's Omega versus Christian, it's the Bucks defending the titles in the cage, it's MJF Chris Jericho, it's Andrade versus Pac. Um, I am told I made a mistake on the TV reviews and Miro Kingston is in fact on the pay-per-view. So Miro Kingston for the TNT title, Britt Baker versus Statlander, the women's battle Royal, which we all expect Ruby Riot to debut. That's eight. And I think I'm missing a match or two. Yeah, you're missing a Mox. Fucking John Moxley Satoshi Kojima. Let's go. This is what I mean. This show is fucking. Red Club, baby. Yeah, this this show is loaded. Honestly, give me Moxley Kojima. Punk, Darby, Jericho, MJF, I'm good. Everything else after that is fine. You know what I mean? Everything else is, is whatever. Yeah, Bucks in a cage. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah, I, I don't even count that as the ones that I'm definitely looking forward to, but that match is going to be fucking great. Yeah, so. I Pac. I mean, you know, it could be a great match. So it's like, uh, no, the show ended up, it, it's going to end up being a loaded show, uh, which we weren't sure was going to happen. We thought they might just rely on Punk, and that wasn't the case. And now it all works out because you've got Hangman versus Omega for a rainy day. I mean, you could push that to another pay-per-view, and that could carry another show. So um, I was consistent with that take all the way throughout. People can't say I wasn't. Um, you know, I just feel like that, even even though it was taken, the decision was taken out of their hands, I think it works out for them anyway. And it's the best. best. And listen, are you? what do you think about Omega Christian? Because you were, like most people, very cold on it. I think they've done a tremendous job building that. It's match. getting a little bit better. I can't say that I'm like like molten hot for it. I, I don't know if I'd say they're doing like a tremendous job with it, but I'm, I'm a little bit more into it. I, honestly, I don't really care. It, it, it's 
to me, when I look at this card, like I said, there there are Jericho MJF. I'm all in on because that that I've loved that feud from from the beginning. So that is awesome. CM Punk Darby. I'm gonna be there live for that. So like. Jeez, that's more than enough. And then Moxley and Kojima. So pretty much whatever Omega did. I mean, o- Omega could literally face anybody on this roster uh, on the show, and I don't think I would care. I think they, they've done an okay job building it up. I'm not super into it right now because I'm just not a guy that cares all that much about Christian Cage uh, one way or another. But uh, I don't know. I think they've done a, a decent job, and and but I, I don't know. I, I'm still not – I guess I'm a little bit more down on it than you are. You, you seem to be yeah, I think it, I pretty think into it, it now. Like a, I think it feels like a hot match to me now. I think they've done – a tremendous job building it. I like that video they put out on the road to, um, which I don't, why did they show like half of that? video? I, 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 the same thing I thought I was like, man, that's a really cool video. And they started playing it on dynamite. And I was like, Oh, perfect. There we go. That's a great. And then it's like, Oh, and they cut it off. Okay. <laughs> you see, you're going to see one second of Christian, you know, in 1996 or whatever, and then it's done. And you're like, Oh fuck. Like, come on. That's a great video. It's so. infuriating because it's really a great, but, but I think Christian's promos have been as good as they could be. I think Don Callis has been killing it. Don Callis is really the one carrying it on that side. Yeah, he really is. Omega's not doing a whole lot, and it's kind of just because the the feud is more Callis and Cage at this point. Yes. With Omega just being the conduit between the two. So, yeah, it is. I guess that's probably a decent way to do it because there's not – I mean, Kenny and Christian don't really have anything to really be mad about, but Callis and Cage, you know, there is stuff that they can bring up. So I, I think it's an interesting pivot that they've done. It doesn't matter. It has, it, um, who cares? <laughs> CM Punk versus Darby Out. Who gives a shit? You know. I, I think it also has a, a realistic. I, it would be my betting line favorite to be the best match on the show too. I think Omega and Christian are going to fucking kill it. Now the atmosphere of Punk and Darby might lift it above it. You sure. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like, if you watch the show with the sound off, I think Omega and Christian to me would be the favorite to be. I think they left something on the table with the TV match. I think it's obvious they left something. I mean, I don't know how you could watch that match and not think they left something on the table with the TV match. They didn't do – I mean, I could think of spots myself that they didn't do that I know they're going to do that they that you know they, that they left on the table for the pay-per-view match. And I'm not even like a wrestler. And I could think of shit like, oh, they didn't do this, they didn't do that. So that match is – and it's not going to – you know, it's, it's, it's going to have a, a much hotter closing stretch. And both, and you know, Omega's an all-time great, and Christian, you know, is is a very, very, very good pro wrestler. You know, at minimum, you know, whether you think some people think he's great, and some people think he's good, I think he's probably a very. I would call him a very good pro, and someone who is more than capable of having a great match. Oh, absolutely, anyway. for sure, for sure. So I, I think the show's shaping up great. Yeah, but, no, uh, it looks great. I, I I'm not regretting my ticket whatsoever. I think it, it looks like a pretty damn good show. So. Yeah, so that that's uh, you know as far as punk goes, let me ask you this question before we move on because I've I've been meaning to ask you this all week with punk. Do you think? And now listen, I understand we're in the honeymoon period. That has to be taken into consideration. But do you think we were un, have been unfair to him on some level in terms of his attitude and um. You know, because we've beaten him up pretty hard for being, ah, you know, maybe we don't want this guy to come back because he's got attitude. He might be bad. We've even said, like, we've talked about maybe he'll be bad for the locker room, things like that. But I think a key part of his promo is when he talked about how he's like, look, I needed seven years for my body to heal and for my head to heal. Like, I needed to be away from this shit for seven years. Yeah, mentally, now, physically, emotionally, I was unhealthy is, is I think, yeah. his words, yeah. He don't have the fucking bags under his eyes anymore. His whole disposition is different. Like, and again, 
we have to take under consideration. He probably just got a massive bag from Tony Khan. <laughs> yes. His, okay. t-shirt, his T-shirts were causing a riot in the United Center, so he probably made a fucking six figures that night alone on just T-shirts. Yes. He's literally millions of dollars richer today than he was fucking before he signed on the dotted line however many weeks ago. So you have to take that under consideration. But – Maybe we were unfair to him this whole time. Maybe his, you know, all he talks about is working with young talent. That's that's been a constant of all of his promos. He really feel he, he, you get the now they're all workers and you got to be careful, but you really get the vibe that he's really taking pride in the idea that he can come in and help all these guys and help get some people over. Um, were we wrong about that? Do you get a different sense now? Maybe you think he'll be good for the locker room and good for the company, or do you still have to keep it in the back of your mind that, okay, he's still CM Punk. He's still a surly dude. And one bad move can set him off. I think a little bit of a, a little bit of B. Uh, I think I, were we unfair to him? I don't think we were because I do think that he had lost all of his love of pro wrestling and he had become kind of a pain in the ass to everybody that that knew him, everybody around him, all of his friends. I mean, it's not just Cole Cabana. I mean, almost everybody that he was friends with had said for, for at some point over the last seven years that they kind of lost touch with the guy, that he kind of felt like he was distant, that he was weird, that he was, you know, turned his back on that. Like, there was there's a lot of stuff. It's not just Colt. It's everybody that he was close with. He, he basically, in some way, shape, or form, other than probably AJ or, or April or whatever, uh, other than her, like, everybody else kind of just said, fuck this guy, I'm kind of done with him. And so, no, I don't know. I like, I, I don't think we were being unfair because, I mean, that's just the way it was. And, like, you know, I, um, sorry, I got interrupted by the nurse going on a run. Yeah. Worked 13 hours, now going for a run. That's insane. Listen, that's oh, work ethic. That's work ethic. Joe says it's work ethic. That's work that's, No, it's that's called, cr- I want to Christian, eat pizza, but Christian not Christian Cage-level work ethic. <laughs> yeah, I'll work everybody. She just wants to eat pizza, so she's just going to do it so she can justify pizza eating, so. There's nothing wrong with that. that I, I enjoy that, too. Anyway, so uh, what I was going to say, though, is, you know, he did turn his back on a lot of people. He did sort of throw a lot of people under the on, under the bus. And and I'm a somebody who, I you know, I, I went and saw his appearances at a Comic-Con. I'm a somebody who went and saw him at, at different things here and there, and... Like we said, you can't. You show it in the eyes, and you show it in your face, and you show it in your emotions, all that sort of stuff. You can't hide your eyes. That was a man who didn't love wrestling at all. I went to this one Comic Con thing. I think C two E two. It was. I forget what year it was. And somebody asked him a wrestling question, and it was just like, you, you, it's like you just told this guy. He was just like, fuck. You know what I mean? Like he. It's like ah yeah I don't know whatever you know it's just like he, I forget even what his answer was but it was such a, a dismissive answer and it was like a guy who didn't want to talk about wrestling couldn't give two shits about wrestling just wanted to get away from wrestling as much as he possibly could uh, you know as quickly as he could and and that was kind of this general thought you know hey I'm gonna do UFC hey I'm gonna do this hey I'm gonna do comic books hey I'm gonna do everything I can other than wrestling I want to distance myself from wrestling and that's totally fair given where he was at and given what was going on in his life and 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 now we know his mental state or whatever so I don't think we were being unfair because I think he would probably tell you that he was a miserable fuck for the last seven years if you actually asked him he did he said he's a miserable fuck and his brother always said i was a miserable guy i had to get healthy do you think like a lot of fans he's been watching well it's obvious he's been watching carefully i think the smartest thing he did was let it play out make sure this thing was successful first Make sure it was a lock to succeed, which now it is. I mean, they're going to get another TV deal, barring some catastrophic uh, change in in Turner leadership. Yeah, unless but- Turner, Turner leadership happens, or some yeah, some ridiculous like somebody gets you know some some tragedy or something like that. Yeah, they're they're going to be fine. 
Yeah, yeah. And and even if Turner doesn't want them, their numbers are so strong. They're the number one show on Wednesdays. I mean, they're going to they're going to get a third TV contract. There's no doubt. So he was very smart to wait it out and make sure it was a success because you know, he didn't he's not it would have looked really bad on him to jump in on something that was new and then Tony Khan turns out to be like a dipshit or or you know, a, a moron or something. But now that he sees that it's well booked, it's well produced, it's successful, it's professional. Right. They're they're uh, pushing young stars, which like you said is something that is clearly important to him. Yeah, so do do you think that there's I guess I already know your answer, but don't you get the sense that like a lot of fans, he's been re-energized by oh, AEW? For sure. Oh, no doubt. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no doubt. And so I don't think we were wrong. Like, again, I, I don't think over the last seven years we were wrong to say, hey, this guy is kind of a miserable fuck and we don't want him in our locker room because the CM Punk from 2018, I don't want him in my locker room. I don't want in this AEW locker room. This CM Punk, the one that's re-energized, the one that sees the proof of concept, the one that clearly sees, you know, and, and has named names and, and takes every opportunity that, in all of his promos to put over. The first thing he says in, in his promo is he puts over Britt Baker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Before he says anything, he goes, oh, you know, you really know how to make a guy feel like Britt Baker in Pittsburgh or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, immediately puts over Britt Baker, immediately starts putting over Darby Allen, immediately puts over Jungle Boy, immediately puts over those guys. No, I, I think clearly this is a guy re-energized by this wrestling thing. And, and, and yeah, this doesn't feel at all like a guy mailing in it right now with that said it is still CM Punk it is still the guy who for the last you know 15 years has you know had his you know there's good times and there's bad times with him and there's times where you know and it goes back to fucking IWA Mid-South it goes back to Ring of Honor it goes through his WWE run where when he gets down he gets real down and when he gets annoyed he gets real annoyed and uh, you know if it if it takes destroying personal relationships he's okay with doing that like he doesn't really mind so there's still that little bit in the back of my mind. There is still a little bit that that could possibly happen, but he does feel like a guy who at least finally feels like he has a place in this business, like he has a, a, a place that he can call home, like he has a, a you know he, he's in a lockstep with what AEW wants to do. So I'm I'm definitely more hopeful than I would have been two three years ago. He had to know too that he was the poster boy for this whole movement, right? Like oh, he's for sure. Smart enough. To oh yeah, yeah. No, he knows. He knows. And. I feel like if not for the pandemic, he would have come back sooner. Um, you know, obviously you're not, he wasn't coming back with no fans. I mean, because it had to be this way. It just, it had to be this way. He wasn't going to come back to Daly's place with, you know, their maximum hundred tickets sold to get, you know, no, <laughs> no yeah. To have, <laughs> to have Griff Garrison, <laughs> you know, standing, <laughs> give him a yeah. standing ovation. Yeah, no, that's yeah. So, um, you know what was interesting from the – did you watch the Scrum, the post-show Scrum? Uh, you know, I didn't. No, I, I didn't. I heard some highlights from it, but I did not watch the entire thing. I, I did hear that he buried Bix, which was hilarious. So he, uh, they were, Yeah, he was all over Bix. Um, but I, I'm, you bring up Bix. I want to bring up Bix. Bix asked him – well, when Bix finally got his phone situation figured out, <laughs> he uh, – Bix is not a fan of the of the app, the Android app for the – but anyway. So – when Bix finally got his phone situation straightened out, he asked Punk, he said, hey, listen, um, there's some people in this locker room that you have a, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, a pretty contentious relationship with. Did you smooth all that over? Was that part of all of this? Right? Obviously, he's talking about Cole primarily and maybe some others as an ancillary thing. But uh, Punk's answer was very careful. The way he answered it is he said, I got to this building early today or whatever, and I haven't had a problem with anybody in the building today. 
and then he left it at that. Well, Colt wasn't there. Colt was working the Juggalo show yeah. that night. So he was careful not to <laughs> – you know what I mean? Like I haven't had a problem with anyone yeah. in, in the building today. So I don't know where they stand. They fucking suit each other. So, you know, who knows what's going on with that? But, um, but you know, it, look, look, you're always, you know, does everybody in every locker room all get along? Of course not. So um, can they coexist as professionals? I mean, I'm sure uh, Colt in his position really doesn't have a choice, to be completely honest. I have nothing against Colt, but we know where the power lies here. Um, and, you know, maybe this is the newer, ver- you know, the new and improved version of Punk where, bygones are bygones and maybe i don't want to sit down and break bread with the guy but you know i don't have a problem with him dressing across the way you right right I mean? right i could see a total worker thing with hey you're gonna make us a lot more money fist bump all right cool move on yeah, with our lives yeah. you know what i mean i don't like, want to work with the guy yeah maybe. i'm not gonna go out to dinner with you afterwards uh, and i don't really want to get in the ring with you but hey you're gonna make us more money whatever you know or I'm reading way too much into his answer, and they, it is no. He's a guy that he's a very deliberate careful man. The way he yes, speaks. he's very yeah. careful and very deliberate with almost everything that he says. So I would I would assume, yes, that, that 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 is a good smart answer for him to say at that day, and and it, it probably tells you that maybe they haven't had a, 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 a sit down just yet, and we'll see how that plays out. But again, there's it's not like Colt's going to show up to the building and go, well, I want that guy fired, and Tony's going to go, well. <laughs> you know, my hands been okay. Sorry, Punk, you got to go, pal. Like it's too late for that at this point. So it, it might just be a hey, you don't deal, you don't talk to me, I don't talk to you. Let's just go make money, fist bump, move on with our lives, you know, type of thing. So wouldn't you love to see him make up? That'd be awesome. I yeah, mean, it'd be incredible. I'm not in their shoes. I don't know how much money one costs the other. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know what I mean? Um, as the Cardinals blow their lead against the Pirates here, as I'm keeping an eye on this wild card race, but um. Yeah, you'd like to see it happen because they could do a lot of fun things on the show if 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 they do if they have in fact, uh, you know, made up. I think if he would have come out and worked a high Colt Cabana into his promo, we all would have had the answer. But that was conspicuous by its absence as well. You know, the uh, the ice cream bars weren't conspicuous by their absence, and the they voice of the voiceless hasn't been conspicuous by its absence. But uh, and and sitting cross-legged in the center of the ring wasn't, cons- but nope. the high cold cabana we didn't get that. We didn't get so, that. Yeah, you yeah. know, uh, you know, and that would have been a perfect thing to work in. I got the wrapper right here, by the way, the ice cream wrapper. Anybody wants to? Uh, why is it? Why have you not sold it yet? I, that's I was going to ask. If anybody listening wants to pay a pretty penny, uh, you can shoot the DM. It's right here. It's it's only slightly torn at the bottom. It's uh, it's not bad. So, um, it's right there. You can hear it. Doesn't that that sounds like an ice cream wrapper, right, Joe? What are they? Yeah, it sure yeah. does. Oh, what yeah. are they fetching on eBay? Are they getting decent money? Or uh, I forget what they were getting. I know some people were selling actual ice cream bars, and I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, let's see, eBay.com, the uh, CM Punk ice cream bar wrapper. It was pretty hard to get any sort of food at the arena, so everybody just ate their stuff right away. But uh, let's see, thirty bucks right now on uh, on eBay. So oh, fuck, it's not worth it. Yeah, no, no, no. I'm gonna sign. I, I will sign it uh, if you want it for three hundred dollars. So there you go. There you go. There's the offer. Autographed by Craig. Autographed by me. bucks yep. in the wrapper. Mm-hmm. You know, people have offered me money for my notebooks. My, my you know, wrestling notebooks. My notes. So you might get the 300 bucks for that wrapper with your autograph on it. There you go. So that was that. That was fun. I was glad to be there. <laughs> people asked me. People did ask me, uh, did I prefer that or, or the Money in the Bank 2011? And I think I still like Money in the Bank 2011 a little bit more. 
Uh, we're talking about two all-time great wrestling moments too, so I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very uh, spoiled in this respect. But one of the things that made that Money in the Bank great is the vitriol towards John Cena made the cheering for CM Punk that much better. Whereas this was just like, just you know, just constant praise and constant. I mean, it was awesome. It was really cool to be in. But yeah, having the the juxtaposition of like this guy's awesome and this guy fucking sucks, like it made it pretty cool for uh, Money in the Bank. But uh, these are both all-time greats, and I'm very, very lucky. So. Yeah, for sure. I also saw WrestleMania 13, so. But, but I didn't care about Austin and Bret Hart during that. I was too young. I only cared about the Nation of Domination versus LOD Chicago Street Fight. Well, that was the match. Big time, that's another big time match. I've seen a lot. I saw Chris Jericho's debut. I saw, uh, what did I see here? The uh, return of Brock Lesnar at Extreme Rules. I was there for that. I mean, they, they give Chicago, we're a big time C, you know? <laughs> Pittsburgh, get the fuck out of here. Challenge, challenging Chicago for Pittsburgh. It's close. It was close. I think you might have edged him out. Just a just a hair, just a hair. Yeah, Chicago's might the epicenter, have, man. This is a big moments. Might have edged him out. I gotta hear that uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo pop. What in the that. world? Say that again, please. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Oh well, look at you. Yeah. You you know how, what percentage of even NBA fans can say that? <laughs> what percentage of NBA analysts can say it is pretty low. Yeah. Too. I pronounce every single letter in the last. Attentive, yeah, but- yeah, you went. Yeah, you, well, hey, you know what? That's I, I'll give you a little bit of trying. Yeah, let's we'll see. That's probably a pretty big pop there in the, uh, the old Panther Arena, UW Milwaukee Arena. There for uh, was that tape for TV? I don't think it was. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if it's gonna air on Rampage or not. So hopefully they'd be smart to Remember do. Remember, I so. joked on Twitter that wrestlers were gonna start wearing AEW. Uh, that uh, not that sports guys were gonna. Sports champions were gonna wear AEW replicas now instead of WWE. I was totally joking about that, but there's Giannis Antetokounmpo <laughs> with his uh, with his replica AEW belt. He's a big he's a big get too because I don't know if you yeah. know about this. Like every before every game, he like fake wrestles with uh, his, his 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 teammates. They can get him on board. That's an NBA champion. That's a two time MVP. You know what I mean? Like if he's if he's repping AEW, that's a big deal. So I don't know who made that call. I don't know if he called them or they called him or or whatever. But keep him on board, man. That's a big deal. I think his fake title brother was with him too. But no one cares <laughs> which one? The He's one got multiple. The uh, there's Costas. There's Theonis. Uh, there's another one. One on the Bucks that won the title with him. I forget which he one. That is, but... I think he was there. You know that one failed a COVID test and wasn't even there for game for the deciding game. Of the yes, finals. but Giannis for some reason his brother that he lives with. Yeah, we're good. Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was Theonis uh, though. That uh, that tested positive for COVID. Yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah. contract Tracy did not lead him to with the brother that he lives with. No, the NBA made sure that. Wasn't <laughs> yeah. Uh, who did you hang out with? Definitely not your brother, right? Uh, yeah, no, no, you're good. Yeah, just you, just you. That's fine. Yeah. I got a friend who uh, into big time into gambling, and I, I to fuck with him that day. I, I sent him a text that just said Atenton Kupo out for COVID <laughs> protocols of game, and he's like, "Oh my god, really?" He's like, "Oh, I'm gonna." How much money did you swing? How much money single handed did you swing there? He's like, I gotta middle myself. I already have money on the book, you know, and I I felt bad about it. So I was like, Nah, it's just it's a gimmick tweet. It's the other, <laughs> right, right. it's the other Attenton Kupo. Don't do anything stupid with your, uh, with your with your bookmaker, please. Um, yeah, but uh, that's uh, I guess that's everything with Punk, huh? I think so. I think we nailed it. So yeah, all time great yeah. moment. I uh, I'm excited to see what, what we have moving forward. Now the next step is is how is he in the ring? How can he go? And and I think there's a lot of people a little more worried than I am about how he's going to go in the ring. And I guess we'll talk about that a little bit more. You know, next week when we preview all out, but like he's never like 
a super worker ever. You know what I mean? He was like kind of a, it was a lot of it was the promo. A lot of it was the aura. A lot of it was kind of, you know, what he did between the moves. And yeah, he could do some cool moves here and there. And like, I think he can do everything that he did. You know, go back and watch a punk match from 10 years ago. I, I don't think that there's anything that he can't do now. He's a good wrestler capable of great matches. Yeah. Like, I, 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 yeah, he's not a technical wizard. He's not a great high flyer. He's not, but he's just really good at a lot of aspects of pro wrestling. So I, 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 I don't know. He's got the psychology down. Yeah. I, I, like, and, and that the roster is so talented that if they position him with, I mean, a guy like a Darby Allen's a perfect guy. I mean, he's going to do whatever he does. Darby's going to make all these huge fucking spots and all these big bumps that are going to, you know, you won't, yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not worried. There's a lot of people like, oh, I don't know. Is he going to be able to live up to the standard? And it's like, I don't go back and watch his matches from years ago. They weren't really like, you know, technical classics. They, I love his matches because they're great because they're all psychology. They're all pro wrestling. They're all that sort of stuff. But he's like a pretty good brawler, a decent enough technical wrestler, a decent enough, you know, uh, this and that. Like he can do all parts of wrestling pretty okay. And I, I yeah, I don't know. I'm not that worried. I, I, I think he's fine. But Nas Charisma can carry him too. You know he'll he'll be all right. And the body and looks that, the body looks in good shape too. I know there was that that uh, uh, the rampage they had him come out uh, later in the show with like I think it was Frankie Kazarian and Christian Cage or whatever. And he's like he's built and so he's not like a skinny little guy anymore. You, you know he's 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 gotten himself back in wrestling shape. So he's uh, AEW schedule. I mean you never wrestle. I mean you know Malachi Black has had two matches for a total combined what five minutes. The two matches he's wrestled so far. Um, Andrade has wrestled what one match. Right? I'm not forgetting one, just the Matt Seidel match. Um, I think, yeah, that might be right, yeah. You know, it's, uh, you don't, you don't wrestle that often, especially if, if you're a really big star, you know, it, it's, it's not, you know, you're not on the road. Um, you typically don't wrestle on Dynamite and Rampage. It's like one or the other. We, you know, when they come up on the pay-per-views, the big stars don't wrestle on TV at all. I mean, that's been the pattern. They'll come out and do angles. They'll come out and do promos. But look at this week. Omega, the Bucks, Jericho, none of them wrestled. MJF, you know, they just they did builds for the pay-per-view. And all the undercard guys wrestled, you know. So it's like you don't wrestle that much in that company. The, the, the higher up the ladder you are, you know. And the lower you go, they're the ones that are getting all the work because they're working dark. They're working dark elevation. And every now and then they're working TV. Uh, so – from that standpoint, he's 42 or 43 years old or whatever he is. I think he was born in 78 or something. So, you know, he might work two matches a month. Right, right, right. So I think I think you know, he can sustain that for sure. You know, and I heard one of the Jacksons talking about how their bodies had to get used to that because they were so used to working six, seven matches a week that when they had, when they were adjusting to the AEW right schedule, to get get warmed up and get ready to go to to have a big time match it's it's not that easy just to you know take you know eight you know four or five weeks off and then just go in there and have a fucking incredible match it's it's not that easy you know, i said their body wasn't their 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 bodies aren't used to the bumps as much like you wrestle once and then maybe you wrestle 10 days later and like the bumps feel worse than when they wrestled every day because of just the repetitive nature of it is the way he exp- I'm probably explaining it very poorly but they said it took a lot it, it took some time to get used to the schedule of not wrestling as often so um but anyway yeah it's not a grueling schedule by any means so no I'm not really I mean it is possible he's he's lost a step I mean you can't discount it it has been 7 years but um but yeah I think the roster is good enough and he's smart enough 
you know, to a smart enough of a worker to get around any potential issues. I, 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 you know, I'm not too concerned. And Darby, this match is a lock to be great because, you know, Darby's just going to throw himself around. Yeah, exactly. Darby's going to do stupid shit and make it great anyway. So that's what he does. So uh, that's it. But yeah, we'll, we'll preview all out extensively next week, uh, as well as everything going on that weekend. Uh, a big wrestling weekend in general in Chicago. We got GCW, you got uh, AEW going on, Black Label Pro. A uh, bunch of shows from uh, AEW as well. So, yeah, this is going to be a fun little weekend to, to talk about. So, we'll preview it all uh, next weekend. And we'll get into uh, what happened this last weekend as well, including SummerSlam and TakeOver. But before we do that, Joe, I do have to let you know about a brand new sponsor here on the Voices of Wrestling flagship Patreon. It's Hello. Fresh and with HelloFresh, you get fresh, pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door. Skip those trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That is why they are America's number one meal kit. And fall is a busy time, but HelloFresh recipes help you save time you'd otherwise spend meal planning, shopping, chopping up the ingredients, all the other stuff, and you can get back to what. Matters. They offer 50 menu and market items to choose from every single week, from vegetarian meals to calorie smart choices to extra special gourmet options. There is something for everybody in your household to enjoy with recipes designed and tested by professional chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity. Uh, I got a HelloFresh box this week. I made the firecracker meatballs before we started on the show here. Uh, nice and easy. You and I have talked about this before. We've had some other you know, meal kit sponsorships in the past. And one thing that we always talked about that we enjoyed about these meal kits, especially something like a HelloFresh, is that you open up that box, you open up the bag that, that comes in the box, and it's it's got all the ingredients pre-measured. You don't have to go to the store and get an onion and use a quarter of that onion. You don't have to get go to the store and buy a whole thing of garlic, and you're only going to use one clove of garlic. You don't have to get in there and buy a bunch of green onion, and you're going to chop up two of them. Like, you don't have to do all that stuff. It's all pre-measured, pre-prepared there. All you have to do, slight cuts, add a little bit of salt, get that stuff in the oven, get that stuff in a pan, and you are ready to go. So it makes, uh, especially on these weeknights, especially pre-flagships, we talk about this all the time. Before a flagship starts, I'll either eat like a Pop-Tart, a Hot Pocket, or I just won't eat at all, and then I'll just eat like a bag of popcorn when we're done with the show because I don't have time. I come home from work, and I got to do all this other stuff. It's so much easier to do this with HelloFresh. I can just open up that box, whatever I want to make. It's all ready to go, and I did that this uh, you know, today, this afternoon. Got the ingredient, got it all done, ate it, went on the show live here on the flagship. So that is HelloFresh. That's what they can do for you. And now we have an amazing offer. Go to HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Again, it's VOW14, HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. You use the promo code VOW14. And what that's going to do for you, Joe, 14 free meals, up to 14 free meals. That is insane. Do you know how, many, how much money 14 free meals is? 14 meals for free. VOW14, 14 free meals, including free shipping as well. So again, HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Use that promo code VOW14 and get 14 free meals plus free shipping. Make sure you follow Voices of Wrestling, HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Use that promo code VOW14, up to 14 free meals. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voice Wrestling Flagship Podcast. All right, Joe. You ready to talk SummerSlam? Yes. Yes, the I am. Biggest yawn, but party worry, of the summer. The hottest that, party well, of the summer. I, I Listen, I can't bury the. the I like the show a lot. I, I, my, my hot take was going to be I like the show. So, I mean, from a business perspective, we talked about it earlier. Um, you know, biggest gate in the history of North America non-WrestleMania division. So 
Um, they sold a shit ton of tickets. John Cena sold a shit ton of tickets on this entire run. Um, the Raw did a monster number on the follow-up, so people were curious to see the follow-up to the show. We'll see what SmackDown does this week. I would assume the momentum would continue there. I don't see any reason why it wouldn't. So um, you got to be fair about it. You know, I think that the show has to be considered a success. Sorry, the nurse was just telling me about her nighttime run, which I didn't even realize as I sent you out there. It's what are you doing? Yeah, you gotta run fast so you don't get murdered. <laughs> well, you live in in Chicago, the murder capital. Go. No you said we live in Chicago, the murder capital of the world. Yeah. yeah also, there's the no, town that we live in definitely. There's gone. no street lights around here. No. What do our fucking taxes go to? Because there's no light out there. You have to tell me, taxes theft, baby. <laughs> Taxes theft. Ladies, taxes. What do you get for it? That's my point. Some sidewalks and some streetlights. Yeah. That's I had to get. buy all the school supplies for the kid. What am I paying taxes for? <laughs> that's yeah, that's the greatest. That, that I do think it's a little gross. When you were a kid, did your parents have to buy your own school supplies? I think they bought like they bought some stuff, but no, nah, a lot of the stuff was there. No, already. we got a list and we're told you have to go buy the following items. And it was like sixty dollars worth of shit. Like on top of the shit you're always you're gonna buy any you know what I mean? Like like, we had to buy fucking construction paper and folders and, like, for the class, not just for <laughs> Right, kids. right, for everybody. Yeah, like, they make everybody go and, and, and contribute. Four boxes of crayons, and, and, and they have to be Crayola. And Yeah, that you can miss me with that shit. You're getting whatever I get. You're getting whatever the dollar store has in crayons. I'm not buying you fucking Crayola crayons. Get out of here. And it's like, well, I, don't, I don't know. Mate, I am told that this is normal now. That was not the case when I was in school. I My think it is. I'm the wrong shit. person to ask because I haven't been in elementary school or preschool in quite a while. But I, th- I think that is the case. So I believe people. I believe the people telling me it's normal now. I'm just saying my property tax goes up every. I sound like such an old man. My property tax goes up every year. Where's it going? I mean, <laughs> why am white I white man Joe Lanza? <laughs> like, okay, I understand you got to buy your kids backpack and fucking pencils and shit. Oh, trapper keeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trapper keeper. Now you sound like <laughs> nobody knows what a trapper keeper is anymore. Um, but no, this is crazy. Like we're buying chalk for the fucking teacher. We're buying uh crayon. Like what the fuck? And then I'm taking this kid, the, the kid to school all week and I'm walking her in, you know, we go in the lobby and there's giant boxes in the lobby of the school that say, Please help fill the teacher's lounge with with snacks oh, and drinks. Get out of here! What the fuck are you? Are you out of your mind? What? Like, like, like seriously? You buy your own granola bars. I buy my granola bars. You buy your granola bars. Yeah, get out of here! The fucking, I'm not exactly. Why am I buying Nutrigrain bars for the fucking teachers? Like, this is a public school. Like, why do I not just send my kid to private school at this point if I'm paying for all this shit? This is crazy to well, me. I'd imagine that's going to be a little bit more of a pretty penny there. The, uh, the private school, yeah, it's going to be more too. than sixty bucks. For <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to be a little more. So yeah, so maybe maybe stick with the public schools for now. But yeah, yeah, but you know, I, I, this was never like this. This was a th- listen. This was a shock to me because this was never the case uh, throughout my thirteen years of school. I can promise you that. Um, I don't know what was going on in Chicago with Krejci. Uh, situation, but uh, but people say this is normal now, so uh, whatever you just gotta do, you gotta do. And uh, I actually, you okay? I actually felt bad about it, and we bought extra because our reasoning was there's gotta be kids that are like underprivileged, their families don't have a lot of money, they got like five or six kids that can't afford this shit, and they're not gonna buy it. And I don't blame them. 
Like they're worried about paying rent and eating. Like, so I felt bad from that perspective. And I'm like, why don't we, you know, we should fucking buy some extra, you know, because I doubt that these lists are probably this big because they know that some people can't fucking afford it. And then, and, you know, they want to make sure they get everything in there. So then now they're hitting me with the guilt on top of everything. Else. Rich, it's a fucking mess. You know? So anyway, I'm right with the nurse. You know, yeah. we're paying these fucking taxes. Where's why the street lights? The fucking yeah. street lights? Where's the fucking street lights? What are they doing with it? Yeah, a woman just wants to run at 9 p.m. <laughs> you know, come on. We need to cut the cut the pork in these ta- cut the pork in the government. Get the fucking tax money where it belongs. Street lights and school supplies. <laughs> right, right. Fuck, man. Street supplies so my suburban wife can run at 9 p.m. Come on. Yeah. Does she have the little reflectors on her outfit? She doesn't. Like, she's got nothing. She this is the first time she's ever done a nighttime run as far as oh, I know. God, so. She'll be back. She'll be back in 10 minutes. Come on. No, oh, she's already back. She's already back. Oh yeah, see, she took a ten minutes. <laughs> this isn't exactly, you know, uh, you know, fucking Prefontaine. I was out gonna there. say Prefontaine. Damn it, <laughs> Jackie Joyner Kersey. There's not Jackie Joyner Kersey out there. Oh, it's so. more like that because she went out for a short sprint, so you know she wasn't doing. Uh, oh, I see, I see, I see where your joke's going. I got gotcha. you. Not distance running. Yeah, it's okay. not chariot of fire, you know. Uh, <laughs> right, 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 right. I can't think of another long. I don't know any other long distance runners, so we'll just go with Prefontaine. Yeah, that, that's. Very yeah. relevant, uh, really relevant reference. So here's SummerSlam. Uh, the chat room is apparently, the Note of chat room is pretty, um, I don't know, they, they think that SummerSlam wasn't that good. And, and here's the reasoning why I thought it was good. I don't fucking care, like, what the results of this stuff are, because it's, it's WWE, it's dumb, you know? You gotta get where we're at. I mean, I didn't think the show was good. I thought it, I didn't, I wasn't, like, annoyed, like, I didn't, it was fine. Yeah, there's average. one there's one result that's annoying, but the rest of the results are I was just like, yeah, that's that's WWE. That sounds like what they would do. So I don't know. I thought there was some decent stuff on here. So let, let's let's cover it. Let's we'll go. just let's yeah, go. let's do it. Uh, Rich, did you watch the pre-show? Well, answer your own question. <laughs> no, <laughs> Joe, did you watch the pre-show? I did. Tell me about Big E Langston versus Baron Corbin. Then. <laughs> well, I could tell you that Big E Langston. Who date, who signed with the company ten years ago, and won his first Intercontinental title eight years ago, is still working the pre-show yeah. on the second biggest show of the year. So uh, that tells you all you need to know about Big E. And uh, here he was winning back his briefcase that the now homeless and poor Baron Corbin stole uh, the the previous uh, day on SmackDown. Yeah, and he. But I think he's uh, he's rich now. I think I think they're playing a gimmick where he uh, he hit it big in Vegas. So. Okay. Cool. Great. All right. Uh, WWE Raw tag team title match here. RK Bro. They win Listen, the tag team no. titles. They defeat AJ Styles and almost. Keep holding your breath for Big E though. You know. Just oh, for keep... sure. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. Star making performances right around the corner at some point here. So yeah, yeah. they're they're definitely going to get behind this guy that they've had on the roster for ten years. Uh, and haven't gotten behind yet, but this time <laughs> they're probably going to do it. So same exact place for me. For me, yep. big intercontinental. I like to call them. See with an E instead of an I. That's that's clever, right? right? <laughs> big, <laughs> How long did it take you to figure that one out? Big intercontinental. I've been tweeting that out, but it's not catching on. It's not. Well, no, people get upset. Yeah, you got to touch grass, man. You, you, you Just know, tell them the truth. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, every time I tell the truth about Big E, people get really upset, and then we get. I want him pushed. Yes, we love Big E. I've loved Big E for ten years. I want him to be great. He's great. I've always said. I've tweeted out on numerous occasions that in twenty years, when we go back, we are going to look at that guy. I, I mentioned Cesaro. 
Rusev and Big E are the guys that we are going to look back in 20 years and go, how did you not figure out something to do with this guy? And Big E in particular, it's like, Jesus Christ, this guy's a personal guy. He, he's he's very happy-go-lucky. I mean, he's, he's a great guy to have as like a promoter. A, representative he, of the a great representative for the company. He's funny as fuck. He wrestles his ass off. He, he, you know, he, he ticks every box you could possibly want. They just, yeah. Well, and th- what's, see, he's worse than Cesaro to me because he's homegrown. Yeah, right. You know, you know Cesaro, you know how they're weird about bringing people in sometimes, but he's homegrown. He's everything you'd think they'd want. But here he is working the pre-show and against the comedy gimmick. But he'll have you know? a moment where he wins the title and everybody will go, ha-ha, a star right. has been created. Oh, listen, I don't doubt he'll win the title. Yeah, yeah. That could that could absolutely happen, but hold that thought for a match. Yes, we we, exactly. There's a match, uh, yeah. four or five matches from now. We're gonna say you think of... the nurse went running. I got a victory lap to go on, buddy. <laughs> yeah, better get hydrated. Better get I'm hydrated for that out one. My fucking hamstring. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get your quads Ready going there. Go. Yeah, get get everything going. You got. To, I got I'm one of those. That gimmick where you know what I'm doing right now. I'm standing up doing that gimmick where I grab your foot and you pull it up to your ass to stretch out your yes. fucking. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's, the, that's the stretch I'm doing. Yeah. That's the stretch I'm doing. I'm grabbing the foot and pulling it up to my ass cheek and making my heel touch my ass cheek. Yep. You know that stretch? I do. I do. Yeah. Every day. And that, that front <laughs> muscle in the front of your leg there? The quad. That's fucking, the quad is what yeah. you're talking about, yes. That's what I'm, yeah, oh, God, it feels good. The burn. The burn feels good. Yeah, now I'm doing the wrist rolls. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think you need to do the wrist rolls. Yeah, maybe well, I got work. CM Punk on my mind, so that's, I'm doing that's the fair. fucking yeah, wrist yeah, rolls. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a lunge or two, maybe like a, you know, get down on the ground, do a lunge, do a lunge or something like that. You know. Oh, now that's the hammies. That is the hammies. Uh huh. Mm, That's good. I'm a little winded. What do we got next? (laughs) Next. Oh, well, we didn't get to RK Bro uh, versus AJ and Omos uh, yet, but RK Bro win the tag team titles. I'll, I'll be honest, I don't remember a single thing about this match. I'm reading it now and I'm like, I, yeah, it happened at SummerSlam, I guess. I don't know. Uh, well, happened? the first half of this show were, were like very quick and tidy, like TV style matches. So uh, there wasn't much really to break down with this. That stretching was a mistake, by the way. Um, yeah, you're right. So yeah, RK Bro, which. Um, are, are you going to be all right? Are you going to no, be okay? I'm, I'm going to tell this doctor of yours. I've been burping. You did a quad stretch and a lunge, and you're fucking done. Like, you can't talk. No, it's talk. the because I'm burping now. I got, I'm trying to hold down the burps is what I'm trying to do. <clears throat> so I'm doing, like, the deep breaths to keep the burps down because I don't want to burp while I'm talking. Um, RK Bro is somehow shockingly over with the masses. I don't understand yeah, this act. Yeah. Uh, Matt Riddle with his whole childlike character that he does i find it very off-putting um the stupid scooter he acts like a child he behaves he speaks like a child i don't get it but i mean it's undeniably over so you know you just have to chalk it up as one of those things that isn't for you but that other people really enjoy like I'm not taking a shot at TMZ, man, but like Ryan Satin and people who like follow him as like, they love this. Like they think this is just hilarious stuff and the height of entertainment. And I I just, I don't get it. But um, anyway, they're the tag team champs. Yeah. The match was nothing special. I I, I went, I went three stars, 2.79 on grapple right now. So yeah, just not a very, uh, 
It was a match. It was a match. It was totally just a TV match. Like you said, the first half of the show, pretty much just TV matches. It felt like they were just trying to get through uh, as quick as possible. We'll talk about that. That uh, did not happen. The the supposed curfew that was going to happen, they just said, fuck it, and and, and and didn't do it. So I don't know if they're... Because the, it was the Pacquiao fight, I think that was one of the issues. But then that fight got changed because of COVID. So I wonder if they just said, who cares? Just whatever. Or if Vince McMahon just said, fuck you. I'm just going to have my show go as long as I want it to go. So uh, who knows? Who knows uh, what happened with that? But... um. It did feel like the first half of the show, they were still adhering to the curfew, and then at some point they decided, you know what, fuck it, <laughs> fuck them, we're going to have our show go long, we don't give a shit. So, uh, then we got to Alexa Bliss versus Eva Marie, and we were worried about what this match could possibly be, what kind of weird shit they're going to do. Instead, they just had a wrestling match, which... May have actually been the worst of all the scenarios, is have Eva Marie wrestle an actual wrestling match. This was atrocious so bad she is like, legitimately legitimately as far as like everyday like people that are actual wrestlers you know what i mean leaving out yeah, your one-offs your jenna marascos your you know your random people that are brought in she might be the worst person i've ever seen that is actually legitimately potential for whatever she i don't know how much training she got trained wrestler she might be the worst i've ever seen in my entire life she's the most I mean, unnatural wrestler you've ever seen can't do anything we buried her beneath the earth last week, but it's like she is not enough. In, we didn't bury her enough. She's utterly and completely useless. She's just completely useless. Eva Marie. There's just no point to have her around. Like she's useless. She's terrible. She doesn't do anything. No one else on the, that other people on the roster can't do. And she does all of those things worse. So, and she's not over at all. No, no, the crowd couldn't Neither give two shits will. about any of this. Yeah. No reaction for no. either. Do drop turns on even Marie, like four people in the crowd go, ah, yeah, and that's done. It's just embarrassing. Just an embarrassing segment overall. I, how Look, do you... I don't care how many $30 fucking voodoo dolls you sell. Alexa's not over. No. And, and you know, it's like, I don't know how many of these dolls they sold, but no matter how many they sold, how much damage are you doing by continuing to put on this act on your television that isn't over? And... I know for a fact that this Bray Alexa stuff has driven some people off. I, I know that. There's people who say, I can't watch, you know, after whatever latest wacky thing Bray did or after the doll winked on TV. A lot of people threw their hands and were like, that's, I'm done. I can't. This is just not for me anymore. So how many dolls do you sell to make that worthwhile? I don't know the answer to that. But, um, and look, they know that this fucking stinks. That's why it was three minutes long. Uh, then we'll move on to uh, the next match here is Damian Priest versus Sheamus. Damian Priest winning the U.S. title from Sheamus. I thought this was a decent-ish match. There wasn't anything too crazy about it. Kind of another match that was just like a really good TV match, like a, a, a decent kind of like, you know, third hour or like second hour of, of, of Raw where it, you know, takes up like three or four segments or whatever. I don't know. It didn't like knock my socks off, but I, th- I thought it was okay. I thought it was decent action from these two guys. And, and both guys are, are solid enough. And it seemed like the crowd was at least into this for, for certain, part, uh, certain parts of the match. But I don't know. What would you think of Damian Priest and, uh, and Sheamus? Looks like Priest is getting a push. Uh, he got a push on Raw. Where they put him kind of with the main eventers. Sheamus always puts in a lot of effort. I think he's probably been the best overall main roster wrestler in the company this year on a week in, week out basis. And he worked hard here. He always works hard. 
Um, so yeah, it was a it was a it was a nice little match. I had no issues with it, but I also don't have any overwhelming praise. Uh, move on here to the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Title Match: The Usos defeat the Mysterios, Dominic and Ray. Their 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 quest to once again be the first ever father son SmackDown Tag Team Title champions. Fucking whatever the hell they they say every time uh, is not the case. And and Joe, we I think we finally have. I finally think we have the thing that's going to make you care about Dominic Mysterio, and it is the inevitable no. breakup of the Mysterios, Dominic versus Ray. Will you care about Dominic Mysterio when Dominic turns on Ray and says, I don't need you anymore, Dad? I will never care about Dominic. I will care about Dominic even less when they turn turn on oh each other. God. Can you imagine um, Rich, they've already been the first father son. I know, but they're trying again to be the first father son team again. That's what Michael. There was some convoluted way that Michael Cole said they're looking once again to be one of the only the only father son. It was some convoluted way that he said it. And I'm like, what are you saying? Where he wasn't wrong, but it was also right. You're like, yeah, you're right, but like they've already done it. Who cares? And nobody cares either. It's the SmackDown Tag Team Titles. Like, yeah. He's like, oh, the quest for the Mysterios to once again be the only father son duo as SmackDown Tag Team Champions. Yeah. Cool. I mean. A father versus son feud is not going to work. I mean, God, you can't no. Even get, you can't even get brother versus brother to work most of the time. And on top of that, it's Rey Mysterio. Nobody, <laughs> like, it, it's not going to work. Nobody wants to see Rey Mysterio beat up his son. Yeah, like, nobody it, wants to it, see it, evil Rey Mysterio beating up his son. And nobody wants to see evil Dominic <laughs> beating up his father. Like, Right, right. It's not, neither, neither dynamic works at all. It's just, and here's the other problem. Dominic fucking sucks. And <laughs> He's that not good at all. Yeah. Always going to be a problem. And um, Dad, I'm sorry about last week. I will try to be better this week. <laughs> He's another guy who does nothing well. There's nothing he does nothing. at an acceptable yeah. level. Yeah, I, I think like, the only the only benefit of the breakup between Dominic and Ray is that potentially it means the end of Dominic because they'll probably they'll do like one match, realize he stinks, and then probably just send him away. But I think they're in with with Dominic for the long haul. Why? <laughs> I mean, why I though? Like, I don't know. Maybe they have some do? internal metrics that tell them that <laughs> Dominic is over. Yeah. With I the mean, ladies, I, is there possible that there's a contingency of of of, of female uh, audience out there that that loves he, like like he Carrie Von Eric uh, reincarnated here and Dominic Mysterio? Does he look? Is he accurate. fuckable? Is Dominic fuckable? I don't know. I think he's pretty average looking. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I'm the wrong person to ask about that. But I mean, he doesn't strike me as like an. A, as like a extremely good looking fella. I mean, nah, I kind of pudgy. Like it. I get Carrie. Carrie was chisels out of granite. He had a dumb look on his face. You know, you could, it made sense. The women, like you know, I, I don't know. Dominic doesn't strike me as like a chick magnet. He does not. No, he he definitely doesn't. I don't think he's like an ugly guy. I you know, I just he doesn't strike me as having that kind of charisma to him where women are flocking to the screen. Um, so I don't think that's it. I I don't know. I mean. Fucking no! Why do they do anything? They do? I don't... <laughs> exactly. All right, uh, let's. Uh, so the, the show got like real fucking weird and real interesting at this point. So this is when they, I believe, this is is this the point they carted out the uh, the Olympians to 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 wave to the audience and say, please sign with WWE Gable, please. I think that was during this part too. But uh, the, the the woman that was there, I forget her name. She she had like charisma. She was bouncing up and down and cheering and slapping hands and and Gable was just kind of there waving. So. Oh, this guy's gonna have to show oh, a little more right. fire, man. The Olympic wrestlers, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. They got their claws into them, unfortunately. But um, it makes you hard to be excited about either one of them. 
You know, it's just... Oh, they're going there. So... Feel the excitement, Rich. Yeah, Gable, Stevenson. Yeah, and this is the big issue that, that you know, and, and yes, it, it did work for Kurt Angle. Yes, I get it. He is the exception to the rule there where, like, you know, it took a couple years after his gold medal to do it. But, like, Gable Stevenson's, like, a big deal right now. Like, in any other era of wrestling, like, he'd be fast-tracked and he'd be on the roster by the end of this year. You, you know what I mean? And if he was any good, he'd be NWA world champ. With exactly, body. right. Because it's like, fuck, this guy just won a gold medal. This guy's awesome. This guy looks like a million bucks. He's got everything we'll need. We'll, we'll figure it out. But in the current way that they develop guys, in the current system or whatever, this guy's going to be on ice doing fucking hip tosses for two or three years uh, in the PC. And then when he comes out, it's going to be completely irrelevant who he was at that time. Well, there'll be another gold medalist by then. Right, exactly. So that that's I, I'm very curious how they handle it with, 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 with him and the woman. Like I And I, I feel bad that I don't know her name. Let me figure out her name because it's important that I, I say her name too because she kicked ass. And she actually looked pretty awesome uh, too. The wokes aren't going to like that one. Yeah, exactly. Name, <laughs> I better so figure gotta, out what her name was too. So. you got to figure out uh, I'll be honest, was. I didn't watch a lot of uh, women's amateur wrestling. Nor did I watch um, – uh, men's uh, amateur wrestling either. Uh, just, yeah. just a I wouldn't bit, have but... remembered Gable Stevenson's name, honestly, if you didn't. I just know him because it's an incredible name. We've talked about it on the show before. The Gable part, yeah. I, I, I struggle remembering Gable Damn Stevenson is just a, oh my God. Or Stevenson, I think. Uh, Tamira Mensa-Stock is her name. Okay, so, um, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to be excited about either one of them. They both look like incredible prospects, obviously. But, uh you can't have faith in their developmental system. God, no. It's in shambles. It's been torn apart because it stinks so bad. <laughs> so how can you have any faith in in what they're doing? Although, given uh, given the way that Gable looks, uh, I do have a little bit more faith maybe now because they, you know, he he he's you know he's a big dude. That seems like the type of guy you know him and Rich Holland uh, can muck it up on <laughs> NXT yeah. next week. So uh, yeah, I don't know. So we'll see. Um, all right. So now the show gets. I don't want to say good, but gets fucking hilarious because we have been treated to weeks upon weeks upon weeks upon weeks of Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks promos and promo packages and then we heard that Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks might be off due to unforeseen circumstances then this week we hear no 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 it's good Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks is going to happen then they run a promo package showing the feud between Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair they have Bianca Belair come out and then the fucking ring announcer guy, I forget what Gregory, I forget what this dork's name is. Uh, there's Mike Roman, then this dork, I forget what his name is. But uh, he yeah. comes out and has to announce that. That guy so- looks like Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the tubby guy. Yeah, because there's there's Mike Rome who's got like the the the. The annoying douchey hair and like the annoying suits, and then there's the Bruce Pritchard guy. Yeah, I forget his name too, but they both. When he debuted on NXT, I thought he was like a Pritchard, one of the Pritchard's sons. (laughs) Right, Kane Pritchard, I think is is (laughs) literally Bruce Pritchard's name is Kane. Uh, His son's name is Kane. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, But no, it it is. It's just a oh, Gregor. What the fuck is his name? I forget. Who cares? So he comes out and says that Sasha Banks will not be able to appear at SummerSlam. <laughs> you don't know his name, but you do a very good impression yes, yeah, yeah, of, yeah. of his cadence. Shinsuke! <laughs> <laughs> Terrible. He fucking God. stinks. He's better wanna, than everybody is better than the growling NXT lady, though. You want to oh growling NXT lady sucks. <laughs> Alicia Taylor oh, is apparently her name, but I only God. like to refer to her as growling NXT. Dakota Kai. <laughs> Oh, it's inf- you're, you just want to take your head and bash it through yeah. the TV screen. It's so bad. Um, hopefully, part of the NXT rebrand is is telling her to hit the bricks. <laughs> Get rid Greg of Hamilton is his name. Greg Hamilton, so. there he is. Yeah, Greg Hamilton. So he comes out and goes, "Sasha Banks will not be able to appear at SummerSlam." So yeah, and- so 
we're already off. So they knowingly false advertise. Yes, absolutely. They 100% false advertise this until the day of. Some dork is going to say card subject to change. That's not what that means, by the way. But okay. So Sasha has COVID, right? Yes. I mean, yes, of I course. Mean, <laughs> right. that's what's I think she has unforeseen oh. circumstances, Joe. That, yeah. uh, Allegedly. allegedly. Allegedly unforeseen circumstances. Alleged- no, definitely unforeseen al- circumstances, allegedly COVID, yes. We have to say that. We're too big to be small, too small to be big. So right. we have to say, allegedly, <laughs> she had, what else could it be? I mean, she's an anti-vaxxer. We know that now. Um, th- 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 you know, there's a good chance she got the thing. But anyway, so they false advertised her. They, they played the promo package. They, they made you sit through a f- fucking two-minute promo package. Of yeah. Sasha and Bianca, and then go, oh, uh, never mind, sorry, she's not going to be here. Then they bring out Carmella, who lost to Becca Belair the, a few days prior on SmackDown. The day the prior. The night before. The night before. So I don't know why she's the number one contender. Yeah. This was exhibit, everything oh they did God. was bad. The whole thing from start to finish was wrong and bad <laughs> and nothing you want to do. Right. We haven't even gotten to the, the match hasn't even started yet. So we already... have false, first of all, we have false advertised. Yeah, blatant, blatant, blatant just, false advertising. Yeah, blatant false advertising. The replacement is a shit bum. <laughs> Does not deserve this shot at all. That has lost a thousand times to Bianca Belair. Bianca Belair is like disappointed. Why? You have a really easy match right now. But she's in the match in the ring, like, ah, this sucks. Oh man, I gotta face Carmella, who I've easily dispatched. <laughs> A thousand times. <laughs> right, including literally the night before. Yeah. Um, so then the big surprise. Yeah. Becky Lynch comes out and Bianca Belair jumps up and down like a little girl going, yeah. Yes. <laughs> so the so the EST is fangirling for, yes. for, for Becky Lynch, which is not really how you want your no. world champion to behave, in my opinion. That's not how I, I, no, not, I, that's not how I would book her to say, yeah, awesome. She's back. Yeah. So then. Ovation, of course. Yeah. Uh, huge, huge. Yeah. Huge. Thing. A moment. A moment, Joe. This was a show of moments. And this was yet well, another. Well, here's the thing. This is a star. The nurse had uh, comments about that. But uh, anyway. So she's Becky, a star. Becky, yes. Becky's a star. Yes. So. Correct. The man is a star. Yes. Got a reaction like a so star. So she got a moment. Uh, uh, so. There was a SummerSlam moment as she comes out. Michael Cole going, oh, my God. <laughs> Just marking out like an idiot. Um, so then Becky gets in the ring. I forget exactly how the challenge went down. But, well, uh, first she beat up Carmella. Right. She beat up Carmella and said, oh, do you want Threw to do this? Threw into the ring steps. Right. And I, I'm hoping, I don't know if this is true. I'm hoping Carmella was slouched over the ring steps the whole time during the <laughs> Just selling. Yeah, just selling right. the whole time. Well, yeah, she, yeah, would, yeah. she wouldn't have to sell that long. So uh, anyway. So, uh, <laughs> so then uh, they, they, they start the match. Bianca Belair versus Becky Lynch. Bianca says, yeah, sure, I'll face you. Becky goes, all right, let's do it. Let's make a moment. <laughs> didn't, didn't she say that? I think she literally said, let's make a SummerSlam moment or something like that. So. The fuck knows. They made a SummerSlam moment here. Becky hit two moves and pinned her ass in the middle of the ring. Whoa, you skipped a very key part of this, which is like the worst part of all. Becky offers her a handshake, and Bianca... Who the oh, EST? You're right. you're right. Oh my the god. ES, the EST of SmackDown isn't the smartest, I guess, because she accepts the handshake, and uh, Becky kicks her in the gut and gives her, her her like third string finisher, not even like her number one finisher, 
and pins her center of the ring, making Bianca Belair look like a, just a complete geek. I mean, an absolute geek, falling for the handshake and then losing to one move. So uh, that's the worst part, that she fell for the handshake. And uh, I did forget about the handshake thing. Yeah, this is just an astronomically terrible. I mean, not the false advertising, the Carmella part, and then the Bianca thing is just completely indefensible. And this is this is a company that we always say, like, we've gotten to a point in our lives where we just kind of say, ah, whatever. You know, they do what they're going to do, and who cares? But this is like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what could you... There's no way to make this worse. Like, there's no way you could have possibly booked this segment any worse. It's like they tried to make everything sure that everything, everything was bad, bad, that everything was fucked up, and everything was the exact opposite way that you should do it. As opposed to saying a few days before, Sasha's not going to be there. Bianca beats, you know, a, a, a Carmella on, on SmackDown, and they say, oh, well, you know, we have a very special surprise. I mean, you could have done a thousand different things. You could have announced Becky. You could have said there's going to be a surprise. You could have had some way to do it. You could have done exactly what you did in a similar way, but have Bianca really kind of work her and, and really kind of get things going. Like, there's a thousand things they could have did. They literally chose every step of the way was the worst possible thing you could possibly have done. And not only that, every step of the way, there was a chance to save it. Yes. Okay. Carmella come okay. You false advertise Sasha. That was bad. Carmella comes out. Well, we can save this. Just have Bianca beat Carmella. Well, that's what I was thinking. Yeah, Car- right. Carmella gets now, in the ring. The bell rings. Bianca Belair does exactly what she did to Becky Lynch, or what Becky Lynch did to her. Beats her in two moves and stands on her chest and goes, "All right, when you're ready, Sasha, I'm here." You know what right. I mean? When you're ready, so I'm the champion. I'm the EST, and I'm ready to beat your ass. When you're ready, I'm here. Yeah, she so could have saved it there. Yes. That's how was, that's how you put people over is you do that. But you know. So you fuck that up, Becky comes out. Well, now you have a pin eater right there. In the ring. <laughs> you have Carmella, yeah. So you can you have the match happen a- and yeah. Bianca works her ass off, gets thrown out of the ring at some point, and Becky, you know, pins Carmella and, and Bianca could say, Okay, you beat her, you didn't beat me. I want a shot at your title sometime. Which again, I don't really love that either. No, it's stupid, but it's it. it's not bad because at least you've kept Bianca and Becky, which is a huge match, a gigantic yeah. match that you can build up. You at least keep that. Not anymore. <laughs> so yeah. Now, so you screw that up yep. with a chance to save it. So Becky beats up Carmella and tosses her out of the ring, says she wants a match with Bianca. Okay, so we're going to do the match now. But instead of actually... So Carmella's not actually in the match, though, right? Like, cause... No, she's not. She, but no, she no, was no, announced no. as the replacement. No, no. Well, you listen. Okay. <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. sorry. Please stop. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> you're right. You're so right. What am I doing? She's, she's not in the match anymore. So at this point... You have another chance to save it. Okay, we're going to do Becky Bianca with no build. That's fine. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's not fine, but okay. But anyway. Yeah, but at this point, we're just trying to – Yeah, we're just trying to save. We've done four bad things. It. Let's save this thing now. And and it, we're proving that every step of the way you could have some done something smarter and better, and they did the dumber and worse thing every step of the way. So they could have just had a great match where even if Bianca loses, she gets over. Right? You could have done that. Instead – you have her fall for a fake handshake and get beaten one move. Like every step of the way, they did the wrong thing. And listen, I understand that now Bianca Belair is going to have a nice little feud with Becky Lynch. Now we all know that they're probably going to have a match at the next pay-per-view, but her losing in that manner showed you exactly where she stands in their eyes. Exactly where she stands. Another hamster on the hamster wheel. Someone who they don't see as a top star. This is my victory lap. She wins the Royal Rumble. She wins at WrestleMania. Everybody says they created a star. I say, yo, both of us, you better pump the brakes. 
This company has a track record of making you think they're going to create a star, and then they fuck them up every step of the way. It's the follow-up that counts here, not the, not just the win, okay? And what do they do? They book her horrendously every step of the way, okay? They make her question her confidence against Bailey when the entire essence of the character is she's the most confident person on the roster. That's not how you book Bianca Belair. That's mistake number one. Mistake number two is a never-ending feud with Carmella, who's a complete non-entity waste of time for the entire summer. That was mistake number two. And then mistake number three is having her lose in eight seconds to Becky Lynch's third-string finisher in the center of the ring at the second biggest show of the year. That's mistake number three. Because you don't do that to people who you think are stars. Rich, when did Hulk Hogan lose in eight seconds <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, on his way up? Do you remember the match? Uh, I it don't. Yeah. When uh, did Stone Cold Steve Austin lose in eight seconds on the come up? How about don't the recall? Rock? Yeah, don't recall the rocks. Yeah, John Cena. No. Okay. How about Batista? Where was his eight second loss uh, on his on his way up the ladder? Okay. You don't do this if you think somebody's a huge star. This is they're telling you what they think of her. I've never, I haven't used the word buried. Not on Twitter, not here. I don't think she's buried. I think they like her to some extent. They don't think she's a star. And Rich and I's point is they should think she's a star. She has the potential to be a huge star. She has charisma for days. Yeah, like Biggie, she has everything that you could possibly want. Everything I, I, you could want. I cannot imagine sitting in a room and thinking, all right, who's future stars that we have? Our five-year plan or whatever and not have her listed near the top of that list of that five-year plan. An actual legit athlete, a great look, personable. Exa- everything that we said with Biggie is there with Bianca Belair yes. too. Homegrown, like, you know, there's everything's right, right there for you. A tremendous athlete, someone who picked up wrestling incredibly fast. She's a prodigy. Like, everything you could want. Okay, this tells you what they think of her. You don't do this to someone who you think you're going to hang your hat on as a star for the next five to ten years. And a true, true star. Okay, she'll have her feud with Becky. Doesn't matter. I don't care if she beats Becky on fucking SmackDown this week. It does not matter now. It doesn't matter. The die has been cast. They firmly told you what she is. Just another woman on the... She's a nice little upper mid-card. Yep. That's what she is. Another cog in the wheel, another blob, another member of the blob. Yeah. So. Yep. And you know and you know who is a star? The person who wins in eight seconds. That's who they think <laughs> Right. The Becky Lynch is a star. Yes. That's who, we th- that's who they think the star is. The person who does the squashing. Not the person who gets squashed. I don't give a fuck if they're telling a story. Some stories stink. Some stories are counterproductive, even when they make sense. I don't want to hear this bullshit. Oh, well, it's a great story. She's the rookie who let her guard <laughs> down. And now she gets to, you know, she'll be in a feud with Becky and it'll all work out. First of all, she's a 32-year-old world champion. She's not a rookie. This isn't the NXT champion. Right. She fucking won the match. She won uh, the main event of WrestleMania. She won the Royal. Yeah, we're, we're done with Sasha. that story. Yeah. She won the Royal Rumble and beat Sasha Banks. <laughs> in the main, in event, the main of event of WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Yeah. We're done this with the rookie a- story here. Yeah. yeah. And she's 32 years old. This is not a naive rookie. Okay. You beat your world champion at SummerSlam in eight seconds. You told me everything I need to know about what you think of her. And some people don't want to hear that. Too bad. Because that's how it is. Because there's years and decades of precedent here. 
this is the same rich how many times right. we will not be proven now? wrong on this trust me we will not be proven wrong on this we've seen this for 30 years we'll see it for 30 more years until vince if vince man still is alive during that point no there are just some fans and this is why we end up talking past each other yep. with some of these fans as long as WWE tells you that they're a star, these people say, oh, well, they're, they must be stars then. But that's not how it works in reality. She's a non-entity. She's not the difference-making superstar that she should be. Okay? Because, and now, because she's losing in eight seconds to the real star. This was a fucking travesty. Right. Like I said, also the optics, too, like you mentioned, the real star, where she, where Becky comes out and, and Bianca's like, yeah, awesome. The star arrived. Yay. Like, it's yeah. that same. It's the same stuff they've done for years and years and years when an Attitude Era person comes and the current stars or the current people in the ring go, yeah, oh, my God, it's Hulk Hogan. Oh, my God, it's Scott Hall. Oh, my God, it's Kevin Nash. Oh, my God, it's Goldberg. Oh my. It's the same thing. It's just a different generation now. You know, now it's Bianca going, oh, my God, Becky. <laughs> oh, my God, the real star is here. And, and yeah, it makes it so dorky and so bad and so counterproductive to have Bianca cheering up and down, going for a handshake, getting getting booted, and getting pinned in eight seconds. There's, I mean, that's just, it, it, again, like, I don't understand. Like you said, we're talking past people. There are people that just yeah, think that oh, that's yeah, okay yeah. And, and just, oh, well, it'll, it'll pay off eventually. It'll pay off eventually. It'll pay off it's eventually. It's a story. It's a story. It never does. <laughs> we're not wrong here. It never does. Yeah, but, you know, see, Rich, she'll win that dopey title three or four more times. Right, and, and people will say, oh, she's good. She's ready to doesn't go. Mean and, and, yeah, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't fucking mean anything. She's a, she's not – they don't see her at the level of Becky, even if she beats Becky now. It's, she, they just don't. They're, they're telling you. It's right in front of your face. They did the same thing to Daniel Bryan with Sheamus. And, you know, and then people will say, oh, well, you, well there's your proof that this will work. Because eventually – yeah, after they were dragged kicking and screaming into pushing Daniel Bryan – when the fans wouldn't let them keep him down, they told you what they thought of Brian. The same thing happened. With, the same thing I was second. Becky Lynch, by the way, too. But uh... yeah, so I mean, the only way it's going to happen for Belair is if the fans force their fucking hand, <laughs> right? And they probably won't. I don't think the fans have the same connection with her that they have with Brian and Becky. Maybe they would if you treated her like a star. If she was the one beating people in eight seconds, maybe people would see her that way. She should have beaten Carmella in eight seconds. And if you want to bring back Becky and have her squash someone rich, the proper story was right there. She should have done it to Charlotte an hour later. They have a built-in storyline already. Charlotte's a heel. So the crowd would have fucking enjoyed seeing her have her moment ruined by the returning star. And Becky would have got an even bigger pop for ruining Charlotte's moment. And Charlotte wouldn't have lost a thing. Charlotte's not in any danger of losing anything or any cachet. Bianca is in danger of that because you haven't established Bianca. At right. She's still yet. very new. Yeah. We're, we're, we're only, we're a couple months into it and the build post WrestleMania has been pretty horrendous as well. So yeah, we're, we're, we're on dangerous territory here with her. Yeah. Charlotte, it doesn't matter. You can beat Charlotte in eight seconds and do that kind of finish. And then Charlotte could just pound the mat and be angry about it and cut a promo the next week. And it's fine. Yeah. And then two months later, she's going to win another title anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That's where you should, you know, that would have been the move. But then the next day, we get the news that Becky's a heel. Rich, this whole thing is a fucking utter disaster. How can she be a heel with that ovation she got? <laughs> you can't bring her back as a heel. If you, wanna, if you want her to do something dastardly down the line and go heel, that's fine. But people aren't, don't want to boo her yet. What the fuck is going on I there? I don't what? know. Who is running this shit? 
How stupid are these people? I'm fascinated to see SmackDown and, and, and what they do with Becky. If they truly want her to be a heel, I don't know. What are you doing? I guess they're just jumping ahead to the, hey, we're going to fuck her return up so much that we're just going to turn her heel now. You know, because they know they're going to fuck up her return, so they might as well get it out of the way now, I guess. I don't know, man. I, I, I... Uh, Bianca will be in a feud with Becky. This will be great for her. How's that working out for Rhea Ripley with Charlotte? Great. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that, I guess. Yeah, another get punked by the real star, and eventually yeah. it's going to work out. Promise, promise, promise. Oh, I guess it didn't work out. Ah, whatever. Okay, who cares? Why don't we <laughs> just skip ahead to that one? So Charlotte, of course, wins the title back from Nikki Ash, which unfortunately, that did not work out. Oof. I think that two very smart hosts. Oh, my God. Oh, my work. God. The, when she, but, uh, midway through this match, she got up after doing a few moves and did like a, yeah, to the crowd, like a baby-faced fire thing. You know what? That Echo. Can we give her some credit? She comes up with this character. She finesses her way into uh, a title match on this summer. I'm still burping this SummerSlam show, and probably got the biggest payoff of her Absolutely. WWE career. Yeah, good for career. her. But now it's over. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's done fucking, now for sure. It is, yeah, it is so over. Um, and you know, and and Rhea Ripley, you know, because now Charlotte Flair, Rich, I know you are an avid Raw watcher, but I will remind you. <laughs> I know this. I know this. Don't worry. Yeah. So Charlotte is now moving into a feud with Alexa Bliss, right. meaning that Charlotte has now won another feud. <laughs> another feud with Rhea Ripley. Rhea Ripley. And uh, Uncle Paul so, told us, wait and see, and I've, wait and, I, I've waited and I've seen. And Paul, I gotta admit, I don't like it. Um, shouldn't the four horsewomen be putting over Bianca Belair and Rhea Ripley and all these people now, or at least showing that they're on equal footing? I'm not saying you need to cast Charlotte and Becky aside. That's absurd. Or Sasha. But isn't it time they start making stars now? Uh, you probably shouldn't bulldoze an entire generation of, uh, of young women's wrestlers in your company. No, you should not. I, I would agree with that. So, I mean, it's a rhetorical question, but I mean, it's like we were told that this was going to pay off, and we all we, – well, we laughed, and we knew Triple H was – Anybody with a brain, yeah. We, we, it, dorks on Twitter told us, ah, that's, they're, they're, that's the long-term story. Listen to what he's got to say. And, okay, all right. That was another one. We said, okay, like, my right, side has now. precedent on it. My side has 30 years of precedent on it. Yours is blind faith, but sure, okay, we'll go with your now side. Now we have fact because Rhea Ripley has now lost two feuds yeah. conclusively to Charlotte Flair. We want to work on number three at some point? You know, at this point, does it matter? If no, Rhea she's done. She's done. It's, it's over. She's never going to be. That's what I mean. Like, Rhea will be treated well. She'll win a bunch of dopey titles and have all these title reigns that don't mean anything. And she'll be a nice little middle, you know, upper mid Carter. But she's done. She is never going to be a true star. And Bianca's headed down the same path. You know, so, um, you know, it's just a fucking, it's. Same shit, rinse, repeat. Well, so speaking, of, we, speaking of the same shit, I know you and Avid Raw Watcher saw this incredible story that they have planned for Nikki Ash and, and, and Rhea Ripley where, uh, Joe, get this, they're an odd couple tag team. So you got Rhea Ripley who's, you know, she wears black makeup and leather. Yes. And Nikki Ash is a superhero. They and a, smiles a lot. And smiles a lot. Brood. But yeah. they had a tag team match and they won. And then they celebrated and Nikki jumped into Rhea's arms, and Rhea went, what? And then went, oh, maybe this is going to work. Yeah. I can't wait to see what a ride this is going to be. An odd couple tag team. One is a little different than the other. It's, it's, I'm, I'm in for it, so cannot it's, wait. It's, it's one of the half dozen stories that they <laughs> they, they do it like four times. Rich, it, Rich, it's, Rich, it's RK Bro. 
Uh, I know. it's They're doing the same story on the same brand. It's on not the even... same fucking show, they're doing the same story. <laughs> right. It's like... It's not even like the, oh, you can bring stuff back after a couple years, like the old Jim Cornette adage of like, oh, you know, every, I forget what his time period is, but every, you know, nine or ten years, you can do the same stories over again because, you know, the new crop of fans. Have, it's literally the same story on the same brand that they're literally doing right now. It's just, it's. This company fucking it's stinks. It's it stinks. It stinks so bad. And Rhea Ripley, why does she look like a Tim Burton character? I don't know what they've done to Rhea Ripley. I, 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 I cannot even. She looks like she's getting chased around by Jack Skelton in Halloween Town, or I, Christmas Town. Or I can't even. I, I don't even know. <sighs> it's 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 grotesque what they've done to her. Like uh, I don't know so, why. Yeah, I don't know why she looks the way she does. But. So we got to go back in time and talk about Drew McIntyre and Jinder Mahal. Got to go back. How Drew basically just squashed him. Just After beat his ass. That, yeah. He just beat him. Which I mean, you know what? Fine. You're giving me a conclusive winner, and the right guy is the one going over in this company. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah, the guy talks a bunch of shit. The other guy says, "No, no, no, you're talking a bunch of shit. Stop talking shit." And then he just beats his ass and wins. Yeah, and one guy sucks and one guy's good. Yeah, and the guy that's better and has more potential wins. Yes. So, can we move on? I, mean, I liked it. We can right. move on. Let's so. do it. Let's go to. Uh... And they didn't make us suffer through anything through anything longer than a four minute Jinder Mahal match. Yeah, so which is 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 definitely appreciated for sure. So. Yeah. Uh, people are probably wondering when the good part of this show, the show that we said I, I, we enjoyed. Uh, the last half of the show I enjoyed here because we have Edge versus Seth Rollins. They went 21 minutes and 15 seconds. And, Joe, I wanted to hate this match. I wanted to say, oh, my God, it's overindulgent. Edge, Seth Rollins bullshit. I got to admit, I like this match a lot. I, I thought this was good. It. I wanted to hate it so much. I, and, listen, I don't think I loved it, but I thought. It's not yeah, making my match of the year list, but I, I was I was like, hey, this is pretty damn good. These guys are going out there and busting their ass. I thought it was a good match. Yeah. A little try hard, but it was a good it was a good match, yeah. It was uh, to me it was the right amount of try hard cuz they they really could have gotten close to it. They didn't get quite there. They got very close a lot of times to so the try hardy. Very yeah. close, but I think just barely towed that line. I uh, ended up having what I thought was a, a pretty good match and probably my match of the night here. Um not mine. I think I like the main event more, but uh I, yeah, I mean, I've just had it with Edge and his fucking his thespian bullshit. I've just fucking, he's just, why does everything have to be the most epic thing in the world every fucking time with Edge? Can't he just have a fucking feud right. or a wrestling every, every, every month he gets taken to a place he doesn't want to go. It's like, yeah. you've been going to that place every month for like Calm two down. years now. Like Randy Orton brought him to that place. Seth Rollins brings him to that place. It's like, oh man, you got a good, you got your life together. You got children. You got a lovely wife. Like, chill out, man. Like, like this is what we always talk about. If everything is an epic life or death struggle, then nothing is an epic life yeah, or death right, struggle. Right. Like, it's, it's, he never turns it down from 11. Like, did you see the promo, go, the go home promo? Oh my god, out? yeah, where he's just like spitting and snarling, and he's in dude, red. he's on yeah. a fucking, he's on a stool with the lights turned off and a giant spotlight <laughs> on him, like he's doing a bad off Broadway one man show or something, right? And he's just giving this, you know, like people love his. I think his promos fucking stink. I hate his promo style, that overacting and that. That like he's reciting lines that are on a fucking script, like like a movie script, not a typical WWE script, but like recited lines that you would get in like a drama class in high school. Yeah, you know, like yeah, yeah, yeah. and he just overdoes it with the facial expressions, and he's just and he makes these faces, and 
he's just God. He's just so overindulgent. Like, fucking reel it in, guy. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's a mid card match with Seth Rollins. <laughs> you taking me to a place I don't. I'm like, I'm wondering why he got to this place. Like, what did he do that caused him? Yeah, to get here? I don't like... understand either. Like, why is he so mad at Rollins? Like, yeah, I understand. He, you know, you're in a feud, but like, what did he do that he like? attack your family did he injure you no you guys are in a standard fucking feud this is no different than like jim duggan and harley race right? <laughs> right, right. like what is you don't remember harley races snarling promos about remember when they brawled at the slammies like they were going through walls and <laughs> yeah, stuff yeah, at the yeah. fucking sl- like this is just a like a mid the nice little mid card feud between guys that have a little animosity like why is it turned up all the way to 10 like with Orton, it kind of made sense. They were tag team partners. He fucking he he gave him the fucking uh, the gimmick, the fucking what's his what's the name of his gimmick, the RKO or whatever, and fucking turned on him and and lied to his wife. Okay, but what the fuck is all, why why does this match necessitate all of this? Where you got to have a giant spotlight on you and cut this overindulgent <laughs> promo and come out with the brood music and stuff. Yeah, like and people made such a big deal out of that too, like. He came out to the brood music for like thirty seconds and then just did his normal entrance. Yeah, like I don't what? Know. I, I fuck. Edge needs to go away. I'm so tired of Edge. <laughs> so are the ac- so is Edge. the actual viewing audience because they don't really care at all. So um... it's incredible though because he gets these massive pops. I know there's somebody. Yeah, it's definitely just these this group. I've said that for years about Edge. Is that they, like there's this perception that if you're a wrestling fan that Edge is this gigantic all-time great star, but that perception is not shared by anybody else but hardcore wrestling fans or people that really love yeah. world wrestling, entertainment wrestling. Like He's just not a star on any level whatsoever. You're The mom test, Edge is not passing the mom test. Nobody knows who Edge is. Edge isn't passing the wife test. Edge isn't passing the kids test. But Rich, these pops are huge. I know. They're, they're fucking nuts. But then you... You put them on your TV show and the rating <laughs> plummets. Like that, that's factual. Like that happens every time. It doesn't make any sense why he's so popular in buildings, but no one cares to watch him. There is a great comment in the chat. Are you ready for this? Yeah, go ahead. I Ben Goodman here. This popped me. I almost uh, had to. He says, uh, okay, Edge was on a sci-fi show once, and ever since he thinks he's Daniel Day-Lewis. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> It's true. Like Edge, Edge what thinks everything. What was that shitty sci-fi show? I remember it existed, but I don't remember what it was called. So. I don't know. He was like a bit player too. Like it's true though. Like everything to Edge now is like my left foot. Like he thinks everything is uh, Haven. You know. Haven was the show. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah they hit, acting. They hit I'm an actor. I'm yes. acting. Yeah. That's... Master Thespian from Saturday Night Live. Right. Uh, what, yeah. What was that? That's Edge. Yeah, he think. Yeah, I, that's that's so dead on. Yeah, he thinks he's Ralph Fiennes. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking. Yeah, I can't take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god! All right, so that was uh, that's Edge. Uh, that was Seth Rollins. I enjoyed the match though, uh, for what it was worth. Uh, then we get to the only legitimate person that WWE has learned how to actually promote and, and build as a bona fide star in the last year. Unfortunately, he's 45 years old. It's Bobby Lashley. How old is Bobby Lashley, actually? Isn't he like 45? 45 years old. Yeah, so unfortunately, it's a 45-year-old. But God damn it, they know how to build this guy because he comes into this match. He talks some mad shit about Goldberg. 
And then him and MVP just systematically beat the hell out of Goldberg. They use a cane shot. Then he just destroys him. Goldberg can't stand. Bobby Lashley is your winner. Then he beats up Goldberg's son and walks out of the ring as the champion. Yeah. <laughs> like, they got it. This is what you do. Like, yeah. Yeah. He beat up Dollar Store Hook. Yeah. And he got out right. Of yeah. I mean, people hated this. I kind of oh, like fucking it. awesome! It's great. This is this is wrestling. This is what it's supposed to be. One guy is an old, retired star of the past. He should get his ass kicked by yeah. your new up and coming star, forty five year old Bobby Lashley. Like, you know, this is what it's supposed to look like. Hey, I know you hit on Charlotte. Did you get over two and a half spears here or no? Oh shit! I don't remember. I it, I think they paid it out, but I don't think it did. I, yeah, I think they the fucked winner. up. Yeah, I, they. I think they paid it, but let me. Uh, Fuck let me that. Cash out. Oh no, it's it's winner. it's done. Yeah, it's done. It's already in my account. Um, Beautiful. So two for two. Yeah, even though I don't think there was two and a half spears, but that's all right. But I think Bobby Bobby threw a few spears in here. So, uh, well, you got paid, man. Yeah, I got the money, so I'm good. Yeah, forty. I'm I'm forty five dollars richer after that show. So tremendous. Yeah, big money <laughs> getting played here. So. There's big money Matt Hardy, and then there's big money Rich Craig. <laughs> $45 richer. Yeah. That can buy dinner without a tip. Yeah, yeah, right, right. No drinks, no drinks, just dinner. No drinks, no apps, no tip. Just <laughs> right, a couple right. entrees, right? You're in business here. Yeah, absolutely. So that's, uh, that was that. So that uh, so Bobby Lash just beat the fuck out of Goldberg. Uh, we had a hilarious segment. I forget when this was as well. Uh, the Dripstick segment. One of the all-time great segments in wrestling history where uh, – the Miz and John Morrison come out. They talk about the Dripstick 2000, which is just a riot, Joe. It's the new and improved uh, Dripstick yes. uh, on Moist TV. Um, John Morrison says, this, this, this Allegiant Stadium, you guys are hurting for a squirting. Like, we're not even trying anymore with this, right? No. no. Like, this was the one where I'm like, okay, guys. <laughs> like, you're not even, like... Yes. Now we're just blatantly doing it. So then, uh, of course... The obvious next step here after uh, John Morrison and the Miz cannot find the Dripstick 2000 is that uh, Xavier Woods in Scott Hall cosplay comes out. Of course. Why was he in Scott Hall cosplay? I don't know. I still don't know. I was waiting for Scott Hall to come out. I thought so too. And then it just, it just ended. I, I, Joe, I was hoping you gave me, you had an answer. You're an avid Raw and SmackDown watcher, so I was hoping you would tell me. Oh, the reason Xavier Woods came out in Scott Hall 1998 cosplay is because, but you you got nothing for me either. I was perplexed as you. I okay. thought Razor Ramon was going to come out and like beat them up. Beat yeah. Up the but um, no. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe next time he'll come out as like Max Moon or something. Yeah, so then, like, then Xavier Woods got in the ring to a, 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 a loud ovation of silence from the uh, – and these guys are cutting these promos, and it's echoing in this building. This you know, I, felt, I felt so bad for echoing. Xavier. And Xavier Woods is like, "You guys want me to see, want to see these guys get wet?" And like, no reaction. <laughs> like seven people out of the fifty-three thousand people here, are like, yeah. nobody cares. <laughs> just, nobody. Then he starts spraying them, and you can hear the water sound echoing in this dome. I mean, nobody making any noise whatsoever. This was embarrassingly terrible. The- do you want to know the saddest part of this? They spent months building to this <laughs> spot with the drip sticks. They had Miz and Morrison squirt people with their water guns for months to build to this spot of them getting sprayed with this water, with this super soaker or whatever it was. And nobody cared. <laughs> nobody cared. Not even. a single person in that building gave a fuck. 
This is what I'm about. You can tell stories. It doesn't mean they're good. It does not mean they're de- like it does not matter if you, it's oh, so bad, so bad that I. It's like almost you mentioned. You used the phrase earlier in the show, punching down. It's almost punching down to make fun of this. It was. It was. It was so bad. And uh, you know, some sponsorship for whatever fucking water company that they got some money from or whatever. I get it, but uh, can't she just give them a logo on the screen? And I mean, this is humiliating. But they probably got paid fucking two hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, Miz got his leg eaten by a bunch of zombies because somebody paid yeah. him. So you know, whatever. Well, and they wonder why the other place is gaining ground. Yep, it's fucking shit like this. Uh, so I have an update on the uh, the uh, the spear bet. They updated it to a lose. Oh, so you lost. But they updated it at 12.40 p.m. the next day. So they had someone watch the taping recap. Yes. So initially, I think I won. But then they had somebody say, I don't know. <laughs> Was it actually two and a half spears? So then the next day at 12.40, they made the official word that, uh, that no, I, I had lost the spears. It was under the, two and a half spears. That's the problem with betting wrestling because... There's a lot of gray area like that too, you know. It's fucked up, and there you get a, you get a non-finish or something, or it's just I don't know. It's it's weird betting wrestling. But the uh, the Charlotte Flair two fifty plus two fifty that one overwhelmingly great. So absolutely, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. How take can you that not to take the fucking bank, Jesus. Yeah. Um. All right. So then you get to the match that you said was your match of the night: Roman Reigns versus John Cena. Roman Reigns comes out. Uh, to a chorus of boos. John Cena comes out to a lot of cheers as well. The fans were definitely into John Cena here. Uh, definitely against Roman Reigns. So that, that played out exactly how they wanted it to happen. And uh, 23 minutes, I think they had a damn good match. This was pretty fucking good. I, I like Edge, uh, Seth Rollins a little bit more, but I thought this was pretty awesome between these two. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I've got Edge and Rollins at like three and a half or so, and I've got this one at four flat. Um, I, I think that this one was just a really good... It felt like... Two stars in a great setting doing the things they do well and the crowd being in it along the way. It was just a fun watch. So, um, you know, it's 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 what I wanted to get out of it, I guess. It wasn't loaded with, like, all kinds of bullshit. Like, he just fucking beat Cena. Yeah, That's yeah, sure. no, I, yeah, this is, I, I, I like the simplicity of this match, too, because yeah. it, it was it was done well enough that there was a few hope spots where you're like, ah, maybe he's going to do it, maybe Cena's going to do it, and then you ultimately knew, no, he's not going to do it, and then Roman Reigns beat him, and he just beat him, you know what I mean? He just was the better man on this night and proved that I'm the champion, and I can't be beaten, not by you, not by anybody else. Like, you can come, you can go back to your movies, but you're done. Like, you, you, you're a part-timer. You're not going to beat me. And I think that's, again, this is how it's supposed to look. This is what it's supposed to look like. At least with Roman Reigns, the, you know, they are pushing a young guy. Like, uh, you know, uh, they've been pushing him for, for seven straight years or whatever. And maybe that's not the best way to do it. But, like, this is how it's supposed to look. The part-timer comes in, puts together a pretty good match, sells a bunch of tickets, gets people interested. But ultimately, the guy who's going to hang around, the guy who's going to be there next week, the guy who's going to be there for the next few months, that guy beats him. And, and, and you don't put a title on John Cena. You don't. You know, have the go for the moment or whatever. Roman Reigns just beats him because he's the better man on this night. Yeah, and he's the better guy overall. Yeah, I and, have no complaints uh, about this main event at all. Yeah. The booking, the match itself, uh, Brock coming out—I think was a lot of fun. I yeah, let's let, let's talk about that. Brock coming out. We we have long said that we are the last among the last two people that still think Brock fucking rules. Uh, Joe, I think Brock fucking rules, and I love the ponytail too. 
Uh, we are truly on an island. I know. I can... Everyone is tired of Goldberg. But yes. When it comes to Brock, you know, we're, you know, I think with Brock, it's the WWE hardcores who really hate him. Um, I don't think the non W like people who just casually pay attention to WWE or people who hate watch it. I don't think they have the beef with Brock. I think it's your dyed in the wool universe fans, the people who are into fucking Alexa Bliss's doll, like those kind of fans. They have no use for Brock. They hate his fucking guts. Um, and nobody has any use for Goldberg except you and I. <laughs> I think everyone else <laughs> is just done with Goldberg. I don't mind Bill. I, I don't know. I, I, I don't. But if he's used like this, like he did here, yeah, we're just, yeah. just jobbing or, or losing to the, you know, up and well, up and cover stars, quote unquote, uh, and Bobby Lashley. Yeah, I have no problem with that. And the Brock matches, I didn't mind either. They went in there, the bell rang, they just threw bombs at each other for five minutes and got out of there. Fine with me. I love that shit. And yeah. I thought him, I thought Goldberg squashing the fiend was, I, I mean, that's, I watch that sometimes. I, I, I <laughs> yeah, that was great. I was, I was into that, you know? I think Goldberg should squash certain people. Yeah, including you know? the Fiend, yeah. And then remember the Fiend sandbagging him on the jackhammer? Yes. And Phil just going, fuck you. Just lifts his ass up and drives under the ground. All-time great moment, yeah. See you in Impact, jerk. <laughs> right. See you in Impact, Wyndham. Get out of here. Get the bricks. Fucking bum. I love that match. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but he should lose to Lashley. And he lost to and He didn't yeah. just lose to Lashley. Lashley beat the living shit out of him and his fucking dopey son. So I, you know, I enjoyed that. Um, and yeah, you know, Brock, Brock rules. And this is a natural feud because this is, you know, will Heyman turn on Roman now? Right. That's the big question. Um, you know, so, and I guess what uh, the other thing that's interesting is I guess we're going to have to wait for the rock because they might be building this for WrestleMania and not necessarily for uh, Saudi or whatever else they have in between, which means the rock is out for Dallas and then you don't do the rock, but how can you stretch out this Roman thing for another year and a half? I that again, that's like, and that's what I was going to bring up is I, I like what they did with both Roman and Bobby Lashley, but right now you have two unbeatable heel champions that literally nobody on the roster can even touch remotely. I mean, they have beaten everybody. I, I don't I don't know. I honestly truly do not know what they're going to do for the rest of the year with these two guys, let alone, like you said, a year and a half of Roman beating everybody. Yeah, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't I, know. I don't know either. I guess this. I, mean, they I guess they're just going to do this. He's going to come out. He's going to say I'm the head of the table. He's going to talk slowly. The, the guy of the month is going to face him. He's going to beat him. He's going to face the guy of the month again the next month. He's going to beat him. Then I move on to the next guy. I don't know. I guess they, that's it. They got. They listen. They have plenty of challengers of the month. That's not the problem. The problem is where are all the rest of the big matches between now and fucking WrestleMania twenty twenty three? I mean, I, I don't know how you get there, but um, maybe Brock really is just for the Saudi show. Maybe the Rock, but I I, I don't know. Who knows? Uh, in the chat room, they're asking how can we like Lashley versus Goldberg with. Uh, the lack of selling and all the things that were wrong with the match. Let me clarify. I'm not grading this thing like a G1 match. Okay. I'm grading it like 53 year old Bill Goldberg. Uh, you know, I, 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 this wasn't a fucking four and a half star match. I just enjoyed Bobby Lashley beating up Bill Goldberg. Yeah. I just wanted to be entertained for 10 minutes. That's all I kind of yeah. want. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I don't really was, care that much. So I don't care about the technical aspects of the work. In the uh, Bill Goldberg Bobby Lashley match, that's not what I'm talking about. I, you know, sounds like Rich agrees with me, so uh, that's just a clarification there. I don't want people to think 
that like, you know, I'm rubbing my chin going, hmm, is that going to be four or four and a quarter for Bobby Lashley? No, it's a fucking dopey little match. It's probably a two-star match at best, but I enjoyed it for what it was. So just to get that out of the way. But uh, yeah, I don't know how you get, how you stretch out this this Roman thing. Because he, honestly, at this point, if The Rock is in the cards at some point, he cannot lose until he gets to that. No, point. oh no, 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 he can't lose. Yeah, I don't want. I don't want a dumb Biggie cash in and then he beats him again the, the next night or something. Like I, no, you got to have him be. I've been the champion for two years and here comes The Rock. Like it's got to be that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, I don't know. We'll see where they. It's go. It's ambitious. But we'll see. I got. I mean, it might just be this. It might just be this thing, you know. But in totality, I mean, you got Becky return. Brock return. I thought the main event was a really good match. The the Edge Rollins match was a was a really good match. Um, you know, and, and there was a lot of junk on the card. Yeah, too. all the all the bad stuff didn't overstay its welcome, and all the good stuff w- w- was good. No, a lot of stuff was really short, and I appreciated that. Yeah. And um, look, I don't think this was any kind of great show. I don't even think it was a good show. It was just a, a, an average show with some uh, really cool things that happened, you know, sporadically throughout the show. So. Um, I can't call this. I don't think it was a disaster or an awful show or anything. I was I was entertained at points. So uh, and then br- uh, quickly we'll touch on this because we, we, we do have to get to some other topics here. But Raw, yeah. uh, second largest audience of the year, uh, topped two million viewers, finished uh, number two uh, on uh, in cable, point six four in the eighteen to forty nine demo on USA Network. So uh, second largest audience uh, of 2020, uh, 2021, uh trailing only the Legends Night Special on January fourth. So. Yeah, look, this show did big business, and there was clearly interest coming out of it. We talked about that at the top a little bit during the CM Punk segment. So, from a business perspective, this show was a massive success. Um, but as usual, you have no confidence that Raw can sustain that moving forward. Raw was a terrible show. So they always just, you know, they get momentum and they shoot themselves in the foot because they present a really bad wrestling product. So they are going to be back down to their 1.7 million, you know, within a week or two. We all know that. All right, I'm back now. Sorry. Oh, so I was just uh, talking incessantly into the air there for a while. (laughs) Good, yeah, I had to... uh... Tried to hold off the pee, but uh, I couldn't. I don't know why a raw ratings was the reason at the time that I thought would be a good time yeah, to how much did you let think you I had go. To say about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know why that's what I thought. I should have said Raquel Gonzalez, Dakota Kai, Joe, tell me all about it. But uh, yeah. Well, Rich, I gave you a tremendous rundown of the business of SummerSlam, but time mark this. You can cut out the following 30 seconds as I just desperately shouted into the void, <laughs> Are you there, Rich? over and over again. Okay. So Sounds uh, good. I will do that. All right, let's talk about uh, NXT TakeOver 36 here. Uh, Rich, did you watch the NXT TakeOver pre-show? I did not. Joe, did you watch the NXT TakeOver pre-show? Listen, as you know, Rich, I am, uh, like Christian, uh, nothing but hard work. But uh, I did not watch Rich Holland versus Trey Baxter. Okay, so this one you, I did miss. You missed that one. All right, we'll get right into the million-dollar title match here. Cameron Grimes defeats LA Knight to become the new million-dollar champion. Ted DiBiase punches LA Knight, sides with Cameron Grimes officially, and uh, I don't know. LA Knight moves thought- up the ladder here in NXT <laughs> based off uh, what happened on NXT this week. Is, uh, he's he's losing up here as uh, the million dollar title. Cameron Grimes is going to keep it, but LA Knight he's got bigger fish to fry in this brand. So. Yeah, Cameron Grimes wins the feud, and then LA Knight is one of the men who challenges Samoa Joe for the title the next day <laughs> right. in the tapings, which is so. a real thing that I promise is real that I'm not lying at all about. So yes, but uh, I thought they worked hard. Yeah, this and was good. This it, was decent. This was decent. 
it exceeded my expectations. I thought it was like, you know, three and a half star level match. So, uh, you know, whatever. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Uh, all right, so then we had Raquel Gonzalez versus Dakota Kai. NXT women's title Raquel Gonzalez defeating Dakota Kai. I thought these two worked their ass off here. I thought Dakota Kai, who is always good, was tremendous in this match. I thought she was so good in trying to make Raquel Gonzalez look like a million bucks. Raquel is, is, is when she's in the ring with someone who's really good, she can be good because that person understands how to bump for her, understands how to kind of tailor their offense to her and do everything. And this was one of those matches. This is exactly what you want out of Raquel Gonzalez. This is exactly what you want out of Dakota Kai. It only went 12 minutes, which is perfect. It didn't overstay its welcome. I thought this was awesome between these two. Really, really good stuff between the two. Uh, work ethic is never a problem in NXT. That's never an issue. You do run into the thing where it's like, it's just too much. Um, we've talked about that before and there was some of that on this show too, but, uh, but yeah, I agree with everything you just said. I hope Dakota Kai somehow gets out of this company. Um, this did, never going to push her. This did feel like a weird, like what's next for Dakota Kai moment. Hopefully did, AEW. Is yeah, next for I, I know. Yeah. She'd be I, a tremendous asset. Hopefully they fire yeah. her cause they think she sucks or something. And then she can get signed the next day and, and be incredible. In AEW, they'll, they'll she's never awesome. push her. They'll never push her here. She will never get a push in this company. So, um, that's my hope. And um, yeah, Raquel Gonzalez obviously is going to get a push in this yes. company until Charlotte beats her over and over again. <laughs> right until Charlotte's 18th title reign uh, after she defeats Raquel Gonzalez for the for the title. So, yes. Um, Yes, they will all bow before the Queen at some point, for sure. That will definitely happen. Uh, and then we get to the NXT UK United Kingdom, the NXT UK title match here. Ilya Dragunov defeating Walter. I can't believe this only went 22 minutes. It felt so much longer and so much more impactful than 22 minutes. But it also, at the same time, it felt like it flew by. This was so far and away the match of the weekend. Probably my favorite WWE match of the year. Joe, this was fucking incredible. They told these guys, you have 22 minutes. Go beat the ever-living fuck out of one another. And then for 22 minutes, they beat the ever-living fuck out of each other until Ilya Dragunov finally does it. He defeats Walter, and then he stands on his dead body, the prey. He finally killed the bear. He finally killed the, the, the villain, the demon, the beast, whatever it is. Stands on him with his foot as his music plays, holding the title above his head as he's bleeding from all parts of his body. Oh my god, this fucking ruled. How good was this match, Joe? Did you give this five stars, you absolute fucking coward? I'm a coward. You were? I went four and three quarters. The biggest coward rating of all time. I went four and three quarters. <laughs> oh, see, we're such um, cowards. I thought the, I thought the match, oddly enough, I thought the empty arena match last year was better. I did I too. Went five I did too. And I went five there too. And I did not think this was better, so I couldn't in good conscience go five. That's the exact but, justification I used. Yeah, yeah, I waited against the other one, and in fact, I went back and watched it, and that thing is so fucking good. Like it's every yeah, we, we, as we talked about it at the time, the empty arena helped that match. It was just it this brutal. Yeah. It's like, what are these men doing? Why are these men doing this? It's just they have yeah. to. We just have to beat the fuck out of each other. There's just no other choice. 
Yeah, no, but this was this was great too, and I do think it's the W it's the WWE match of the year so far. Um, and four and three quarters is obviously a match of the year level rating, and um, it, it just didn't. I don't know. I don't want to keep comparing it to the other one because I want to praise this one. On yeah, its this own. one should was, stand on its own too. Yeah, it really was great, and um, you know, and and, and I like that Dragonov finally got him, and I, I like you're saying the standing on the chest. I mean, it's just so. And it meant, you know, why it meant so much because Walter was never fucking lost and was pushed hard, and that's pro wrestling. Yeah, baby. pro wrestling is you the know? the person that gets pushed and beats everybody loses, and the person that beat that guy is now over and, and a star. And this crowd, I mean, there's men jumping up and down when Ilya Dragunov pinned him. I mean, they cut to the crowd and they're just gasping and jumping and hugging and like, yeah, and it's Ilya Dragunov. How many of those people watch NXT UK? That's what I mean. Like, you know, they, it doesn't matter, though. You tell a good pro wrestling story, and it, it, it's it's so simple and so easy. And that was the story. This guy gets beaten and battered down by this other guy. You see it in the build. He comes in the ring. He's got a bandage on his head. He gets chopped. He gets kicked. He gets punched. He's bleeding all over the place. But then eventually, he beats up the bigger guy and stands on him, and the crowd just loves it because it's just it's 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 storytelling 101, not even pro wrestling 101. It's David versus Goliath. Like, it's the oldest story that's yeah. ever been told. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. You know, this is just, you know, pro wrestling is simple. It's not fucking complicated. You know, and this is an example of that. And these guys just, they're they, you know, they're not afraid to beat the living shit out of each other to get the match over. And, um, man, was it stiff. It always is. But, uh, you know. I can't, I can't see a match like this surviving the new NXT. Can you? <laughs> I don't think this is surviving that. So this this was indeed, let's empty out the chamber. This is probably the last time we're going to be able to do this type of match, guys. Let's hey, listen, it. you think Odyssey Jones is doing this with Walter? <laughs> I don't <laughs> think Odyssey Jones is doing this with Walter. No. He'll quit. He'll fucking quit. He'll quit and go home. Um, You know, with Ilya, he didn't get over with me at first when he was, you know, WXW and all these places. Like, I kind of found him corny. I thought he was a cornball. His facial expressions. He looked like a constipated Sean Pitt, uh, Sean Penn, Sean Penn to me yeah. at all times. Yeah, he looked like constipated Sean Penn, but uh, he's grown on me. And what has really surprised me more than anything with him, like I get him now. Like I didn't get him. You, you, he's the kind of guy you got to watch him for a while before you get him. Yeah, and, and that's then, what people told us. I, people would tell you all the time. I yes. remember our DMs after you do a show where you would say this, and people were like, "Joe, I promise you, trust me. He's a god in this building. He's a god here. Like you got to watch him more. You got to watch him more. You got to watch him more." And it, it, it apparently it took a while, but well, the more you watch him, like you understand. Oh, he's all heart. This is like he's right up my alley now that I've you know watched him. For right, years he's he's understand. dumb. He's dumb as fuck, but he just won't listen. Dude, he won't listen to his body. He won't listen to critics. He won't. He's just like, no, I'm gonna go in there, and they're like, bro, you're gonna get your ass kicked. What are you doing? He's like, I don't care. I'm doing it. He's and, in the mold of Nishi. He's just yeah. all heart and guts and fight, and you can't. You gotta fucking kill me, and you know that. And and that's my kind of pro wrestler, you know. So he he has grown on me over the years. But what has surprised me more than anything is he gave a really good promo on NXT a few weeks ago. And it's like, he has the things I never thought he would have, you know, and, and it's a shame he's where he is because again, this is a guy who really should have a chance to grow and become a big deal, but he never will in that company ever. It's just his ceiling is NXT UK main eventer. That's it. That's his ceiling. And you know, a guy like Walter is okay with that. He doesn't have any interest in coming to America. He wrestles a half a dozen matches a year. I don't know what the fuck he does with the rest of his time, but <laughs> you know, 
yeah. with Dragunov, it's just, you know, that's the ceiling. And it's unfortunate that this company is the way it is because that's a guy who can really have a crowd connection. He's proven it on a smaller scale and he could really get people invested in who he is and in his matches, but it'll never, ever happen in this company. Yeah. So. Yeah, like, like I said, you know, the, the crowd going nuts for him. And, and and like you said, what percentage of people follow WX? How many people in that Capital Wrestling Center on Sunday, last Sunday, were, were avid WXW watchers and knew Ilya Dragunov and knew Walter? And knew, no, they no, it, no, but it didn't matter because he has that connection. He has that, that thing that just works. Uh, and it absolutely worked here. Yeah, this is go out of your way to watch. If you have not seen this match, go out of your way to watch this, please. Do you notice that in NXT proper, they have removed all of the Soviet and communist symbolism from his uh, video package? They have, yeah. Uh, he doesn't have the red contacts anymore. He still wears the red gear, but he's not, and he's still like billed from Russia. I yeah, guess, and he still calls not... himself the Czar because I think that la- later in the show, some random person came up to him backstage and said, you know, he said the the yeah. era of the Czar is here, or long, long, you know, the, the king is dead, long live the Czar. He did say so. But the hammer and sickles and the yeah, Soviet yeah, yeah, symbolism—that yeah. shit is all fucking gone. It's almost like I'm booking it. <laughs> Oh God! Uh, best two out of three falls match here. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam. If that dude gets if that dude gets called up to the main roster, he'll be singing the Soviet national anthem like Nikolai Volkov. I hope that'd be awesome. That'd be great. You know, that's what they'll do with him. Which you know, hopefully, he doesn't like Nikolai too, where he didn't know any of the words. It's all raw, 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 raw. Yeah. You need a stereotypical Arab like. Yeah, I was gonna uh, say, yeah, but maybe Mansoor. They put Mansoor, and they just say. Yeah, you know, just recreate Saudi Arabia number one, <laughs> USA yes. hak fui. Hak, you gotta do the hak fui. Yeah, Absolutely, right. you know. And of course, it won't get over at all. Right? Afghanistan number one, Saudi Arabia number one, USA hak fui. Exactly. Who's the big heel now in the world? That's what it'll be. Right? You know, yeah, yeah. It, you know, it was Iran then. ISIS and, number one. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Too soon. <laughs> I guess today is probably too soon. Never so. too soon. We've been canceled years ago. It does not matter. Rich. Anyway, uh, best two out of three falls here. Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole. I thought this was going to be unbelievably overindulgent bullshit. And uh, eh, it just was kind of a wrestling match. I don't know. It didn't uh, It didn't knock my socks off. I didn't think it was great. But I really strapped in for like 45 minutes of just bullshit. And it was just kind of two out of three falls. You know? This is going to sound weird. But stay with me. I thought it was too short. <laughs> I feel like. <laughs> yeah, it did. I mean, honestly, I'm with you. Like when you, I was strapped in and ready to go for 40 minutes and then O'Reilly just puts in the fucking submission. And then it's like, ding, 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 ding. And I'm like, what? Excuse me? Like, well, there's I mean, only one Panama sunrise only like, but like yeah. you said, like they had, the establishment was that it was going to take 76 Panama sunrises to put away Kyle O'Reilly. And it's going to take 10,000 submission holds to put away Adam Cole. And it just was a match. Like, Kyle Riley kicked out of one, and then he put him in the submission. He tapped him out, and he won. It was like, oh. Three matches. Like, I didn't want it to be long, but it was too short. Because they had three matches in 25 minutes. It didn't feel right. Basically, what I'm saying is there was nothing they could do to make me happy. You know what they could have done to make me happy? Not have three matches in one night. How about that? With three different you know, wacky stipulations. Well, one of them wasn't very wacky because it was just a wrestling match. <laughs> it was a wrestling match. <laughs> so, I don't know. What do you want me to say? It was The work was fine. You know, I'm never watching it again. And uh, we all move on with our lives, including Adam Cole. 
who might be moving on the Wednesday nights. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. So per uh, Sean Ross Sapp at Fightful, uh, the extension Adam Cole signed with WWE does not expire until this Friday. So tomorrow, apparently, it expires. And then uh, we'll see. Who knows? Well, he's a damn fool if he resigns because they will never push him. He's like five foot six, legit. Um, I, 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 you know, I don't know if they throw millions of dollars at him. Yeah, I mean, I guess if it, yeah, if, it, if it's a, an offer he can't refuse, yeah. whatever, who cares? You know, if they value him, if they value keeping him away to the point where they're going to give him a multi-million dollar deal, and he and his wife enjoy the work-life balance of not being in the same locker room together, then yeah, he should stay. But if it's all things being equal, then he should go because he's going to get pushed to the moon in the other place. Oh yeah. I mean, there's no, there's almost no other than just a pure, like here is the biggest bag of money we have. Yeah. There's no other justification for it. And like, given what's been going on in, in, in WWE, I mean, I, how do you sell that? Giving a gigantic bag of money to Adam Cole. Right. Because now you're saying you're not looking for that. Yeah. But yet you're paying. You yeah. Know, it's, it's, it's just, yeah, it wouldn't, it would be completely opposite of what they've done over the last few months. In terms of and and the other thing too is if I'm Adam Cole, I sign that big bag of money and and I sign for that contract. It better be a no cut contract because you know what's telling me that in a year Vince McMahon's gonna go. What the fuck? We paying this guy four million dollars a year for? Get him out of here! Like I don't like Adam Cole. Get him out of here. So yeah, you better that better be the big bag of money with a no cut if it's the case. So um, oh, speaking of which, very quickly, can we now officially stop blaming Nick Khan for cutting people? Like he straight up told Ariel Hawani. <laughs> I want to be blamed for everything the fans don't like. Just blame me. I don't care. Yeah. Like, he's not cutting anyone. He, but he doesn't care if you say that he does. He wants to be the heat magnet. He's, he's you know, he, he straight up said that now. Right. Because he's just a douchebag business executive who does not give a fuck what you think about him. him. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Oh, they all hate me on Twitter. Cool. All right. Let me go to my fucking mansion. <laughs> Rich, not only does it not matter to him, it shouldn't matter to him. Why, no. Why should he care that some fucking... Liv Morgan avatar fucking doesn't like him because they think that he cut Bray Wyatt. Why would he care about that? There's no reason for him to care. (laughs) So he flat out told Helwani, yes, I want it. His exact quote was, I want none of the credit for the good things and all of the credit for the shit that goes wrong. Go ahead. Just blame me. It doesn't mean anything. (laughs) I just love the idea of him pouring over a spreadsheet going Ruby Riot. I just, I, I, I can't. Yes. We got to get rid of her. (laughs) Vince, I can't. We just can't afford it. I just don't see what her future plans are. He doesn't care. No, more like, ah, Ruby Riot. I don't know. I don't like the way she sells, Vince. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. You know, not enough fire in her baby face. (laughs) Right. I was watching her recent match on SmackDown, and I don't know if it's going to work. Yeah. Anyway. Jesus Christ. Anyway, uh, let me get to our main event here. Samoa Joe versus Karrion Cross for the NXT title. Samoa Joe defeats Karrion Cross in 12 minutes and 25 seconds to win the title. Karrion Cross comes out. No Scarlet. No special entrance. He just walks out. Fans chant, we want Scarlet on the way out. And then he just gets beaten by Samoa Joe in the middle of the ring. Man, I don't know what's going on here. But then he debuts on Raw in in the old Hercules Hernandez gear. Did you see that? I did. Yeah, the, the fucking SNL. The, uh, the... Yeah, I'm that was. Sure, <sighs> I don't know. I'm pretty sure it is the old like. Literally, <laughs> yeah, it looks literally the like the same Hercules one. Hernandez yeah. gear. Um, it's got straps. Second... It's got straps, and he's got a mask. So I don't know. It's uh... that's the second Hercules Hernandez reference we've made on this show, which uh, I wasn't expecting to do. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know. They beat they look, we said it last week, Joe should win. Why yeah, absolutely. Not? Absolutely. Fucking, you know, that's what the fans want. It's the satisfying finish, and the guy's going to the main roster. Just fucking beat him. So now he's on the main roster and um he beat Ricochet in a squash with his new look. And the idea behind the new look is now he's marketable. Ah. Kids will buy you know, <laughs> fucking dolls that are wearing the Hercules gear with the mask and I I don't know. What, what am I supposed to say? The guy fucking was the least over NXT cha- The NXT fans just want to like everyone and he was the least over NXT champion ever. Yeah, this was a disaster. This this yeah. was an unmitigated disaster that Didn't we, we, we say it would be We talked about it. his whole run was in, not in front of fans. It was all in yeah. empty arenas or whatever. It was all based on Scarlet. It was all based on the entrance. It was all smoke and mirrors. And usually when the bell rang, not much was going on. But, th- but the problem, though, is they went so full steam ahead with this that it's so unbelievable that they've gone the exact opposite direction with him. I mean, this is a guy who a couple months ago, what was it, two months ago, stacked everybody up and pinned all of them to prove that he was the dominant NXT champion. And now, you know, a, a little bit of a main roster run later in this title match, he's just a dude. You know what I mean? He's just a guy. And... I mean, I think he's just a guy. I thought he was just a guy. I wouldn't have gone full steam ahead with him, but that they did go full steam ahead with him makes it that. I mean, but I guess, you know, why keep going in that direction if you don't think anything's going to work? I don't know. He's in the main roster now, and he'll probably be out of the company in a year or something. So, I don't know. All right, so let's move on to uh, that was Takeover, by the way, the end of an era. And if you watched uh, NXT this week, it was certainly the end of an era. As they, I didn't uh, see NXT this week. How was it? Uh, it was different. It felt very much like a 2013-2014 NXT. Did it really? Yeah, just yeah. guys go... It was, it was big dudes. Uh, I mean, the big dudes are a little bit different than that era, but it was like match, and it's over in a minute, and it's clear who the winner is. You know what I mean? Like type of that, one of those yeah, things yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just like, Rich Holland is better than this guy. You know, <laughs> Rich Holland just beat the fuck out of Timothy Thatcher and pinned him. You know what I mean? Like, just that's it. Wow. No, they back, didn't, uh... no back and forth, just kind of guy went in there, beat a guy, that guy's getting over type stuff, so... They didn't do um, the new look or anything yet, though? Not yet. I think that's coming after Labor Day, they said. But the booking is clearly... The booking is clearly different than it was the last two years, basically. Yeah, it's big dudes, and they're winning in decisive matches. So um, it has definitely changed. Be interesting to see uh, what happens moving forward here. So, all right, we got about 15 minutes here. Let's get to our, our final topics here. Uh, two pay per views, Men WA uh, this weekend, both airing on Fight TV, voiceswrestling.com slash fight as well. If you're going to order those, uh, you have the NWA Empower and then you have the NWA 73rd Anniversary Show. Uh, do you want to go match by match or do you just want to kind of cover the big big hitters? I will give pithy thoughts if, you, if we could do it quickly. Okay, let's do that. So, we'll start with Empower. That's the all women's show. Uh, obviously, announcement made a couple months ago with Mickey James returning the NWA or, or debuting in the NWA, I should say, uh, and saying she's going to run this NWA Empower show. Uh, so this is going to be on August 28th. We have Sky Blue versus Christy Janes. Sky Blue's a big time prospect, long term though. She needs some work. Yeah. Um, Christy Janes, I thought I was surprised when AEW didn't sign her because I thought when she appeared on TV, she showed a ton of charisma. I've seen her wrestle live a million times and she never showed as much charisma as she did on AEW TV. But at any rate, she pops up here against sky blue and um, you know, it's, it's uh, it's blue is the one to keep an eye on here because I think, you know, five years down the line, she could be somebody on national TV. Absolutely. 
Uh, move on here. We have Kenzie Page versus Paola Mayfield. I don't know anything about these two. I don't know a damn two. thing yeah. about these people. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm with you, too. I do not know, so can't tell you there. Uh, Chick Tormenta versus Diamante versus Kylie Ray. How about uh, let's put Kylie Ray in a three-way. That way, if she doesn't show up. <laughs> it won't matter. Yeah, we'll still get Diamante versus. <laughs> I mean, that's immediately what I thought when I yeah. saw this. Yeah, you got to always have that contingency plan. So, I don't know. It's a three-way match. Uh, in the middle of the show, uh, you know, with three people that are all pretty decent. So yeah, when people know. gain reputations, you got to be that way. That was somebody told me, uh, uh, and this was even before uh, the return that like they never promoted that Davy Richards was going to show up on a show, and if he did, they were like, ah, cool, Davy Richards is here. But they never promoted because they got burnt so many times that they're just like, we're not going to promote you. We're like, we'll book you, but we're just not going to tell anybody you're going to be here just in case you're not here. So yeah. you know, then he'd show up and they'd go, "Whoa, Davy Richards, yeah!" You know, it'd be a big pop. But yeah, they never. I'm never going to promote you because I don't know that you're going to show up. So yeah, uh, we have the NWA Women's Invitational Gauntlet. We have Bianca Corelli, Chelsea Green, Debbie Malenko. Yes, that Debbie Malenko coming back. How old? What, what, how old is Debbie Malenko these days? I think she's probably younger than you think. Oh, because um, she was probably like 22 when when she was. Yeah, she's 49, so she's not yeah. too old. So yeah, yeah, like I said, she's. People are probably thinking she's like 60, but that's not the case. But uh, that's awesome there. Uh, Lady Frost, uh, Jamie Senegal, uh, Genocide, Kira Hogan, Masa Slamovich, Tootie Lynn, and Thunder Rosa in a uh, women's invitational gauntlet match. So Tootie Lynn is a Davy Richards student. So I'm going to keep an eye on Tootie Lynn. Uh, it's a little disappointing that people like Genocide and Thunder Rosa are in this gauntlet. Um, I would have done like genocide versus Thunder Rosa. Yeah, I feel like they've like earned that. that on this show for sure. Yeah, you know, so that and and Bianca Corelli, I believe, is Santino Morella's daughter. Um, and then uh, you know the Chelsea Green, who just you know pops up everywhere, is in this thing. I don't know. There seems to be some people who you really could have put in more interesting matches in this thing that are stuck in this. Yeah. I had the same thought too. I kind of was surprised that, that Thunder Rosa wasn't in anything more important. I was kind of surprised that they, they couldn't find something better. Like you said, for, for, for genocide or, or, or a few of the others. So yeah, I don't know. It, it, it'll be interesting. To genocide see it... has been one of the bright spots of their terrible TV. Yeah. Too, mm-hmm. so. uh, then we have impact knockouts championship. Deanna Perez, defending the impact knockouts title against Melina Perez. Yes. Melina. Melina she's not any good anymore. No, she, she's she never real bad. Really yeah, she never was. Yeah, that's the, the dirty secret. She was never that good. So, yeah. So I don't know. This this has I don't know. This probably won't be good. Yeah, I don't have real high hopes for that one. Uh, NWA Women's World Tag Team Championships Tournament Semifinal. We have two semifinals here and then the final. Uh, Allison Kay and Marty Bell versus Renee Michelle and Sahara Seven. I don't know who Sahara Seven is. I'm going to be honest. Um, so I don't have high hopes for that match, Joe. I'm going to be honest. I don't know anything about – I can't really comment on the match. I don't know all the participants. So uh, Then we have uh, – oh, boy, this is not going to go well. Uh, <laughs> tournament's on a final. Red Velvet, fresh off her uh, banger against Jamie Hayter on uh, Dynamite. Uh, and Kylan King versus Jazzy Yang, Hollywood Haley J, and Miranda Gordy. So apparently Why is there three people on uh, We're doing – I guess we're Freebirds rule. There's a Gordy in there. There's Miranda Gordy, so we're doing Freebirds rule here with uh, – okay. I, I don't know who Miranda Gordy is, but I hope she's a she's – a, she related to uh, yeah. Terry? Yeah, she is. Is she actually? Oh, well, um, there you go. So Freebird rules there. I, I, I like that Red Velvet and King are here because this is exactly how AEW should be using this relationship to give people who clearly need the extra work. Need reps. Need those reps. They need the reps, and they work in front of different kinds of crowds. This is what wrestlers need because, you know, last night on Dynamite, it's very obvious that Red Velvet needs more time in the oven. 
I'll just leave it at that. And uh, Kylan King, same thing. Uh, I don't know anything about that other team. That's I don't know why there's three people. I'm confused, but I guess Hollywood Haley. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right, if you say so. But uh, I don't know. I can't really comment on people I've never seen. Yep. So there's. Uh, I, I'm guessing we're gonna get Allison K and Marty Bell versus Red Velvet and Kylan King in our uh, women's world tag team championship final. I'd imagine Allison K and Marty Bell probably win that, but uh, we'll see. Uh, and then well, you're I wouldn't of- mind Red Velvet and Kylan King doing no. a couple tapings here. No. I mean. They, they, they could use that work. Uh, and then your main event, NWA World Women's Championship. Camille defending against Layla Hirsch. I'm worried about it. Very worried about this. I don't know if Camille is a good matchup style-wise for Hirsch. And they're both green as grass. That's another problem. Um, I'm worried about it. I would like to be pleasantly surprised. But... Um, I have concerns. Yeah, I, I definitely do too. Yeah, Camille is it's somebody that I think needs to be in the ring with someone who's going to kind of bring her yeah. to her level. And I don't, yeah, I, I'm. She's had good matches this year, but it's like with Thunder Rosa. It, right, it's with some yeah. of the best women's wrestlers in the world. Layla Hirsch, uh, no offense to her, not one of the best women's wrestlers know. in the world. Yeah. So I mean, it's like the blind leading the blind to some extent. Right, here. right, right. And if it's truly the main event too, it could really stand. Especially on a show where there is talent, you know, up and down the card. You, know, you got yeah. Deanna Peraza with Thunder Rosa. You got a bunch of people there that are pretty good wrestlers. And it seems weird to main event with, with, with this, but we'll see. what. But again, Khan sending his green wrestlers here is a good thing. Yeah, mm-hmm. I would agree. Yeah. Uh, so that's the Empower show. And then the next day, uh, NWA's 73rd anniversary. As we said uh, on a show a few weeks ago, these are in St. Louis, and they have sold tremendously well. So these uh, should be sold out. fun shows uh, with fun, hot crowds here. But uh, yeah, this is the 73rd anniversary, also airing on Fight, uh, VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Fight, if you're going to order this. You have a Battle Royal number one contender for the NWA uh, we're, uh, NWA National. Oh, sorry, I put in two. There's an there's a battle royal for the number one contendership of the NWA National Championship. This is not the match. I'm talking about a different match here. One second. I mixed up my notes. Let me make sure I get this. So there's right. a battle so, royal. That's there's a battle royal. Point. Yes. Sorry. Number two is yes. And then the other match is going to be just a normal six man here. Tyrus, the Masked Man, and Jordan Clearwater versus De Pope, Ocidian, and Pero. Yeah, the Masked Man is a fun little act. Tyrus obviously is the absolute shit. <laughs> Dreadful. And he never stops feuding with the, the Pope. So the Battle Royal is for the number one contendership to the national title, which uh, is on the line later in the show. There you go. So the Battle Royal, there's 12 participants to be decided, though, who these participants yes. are going to be. Then we have a brawl in the loo. Tom Latimer, Crimson, Tim Storm. <laughs> Set your expectations. <laughs> Yikes. I mean, <laughs> I'm glad they got Tim Storm on the show. Bram versus Crimson versus Tim Storm. There we go. All righty. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, World Tag Team Championship match. Aaron Stevens and JR Kratos versus Bestia666 and Mecha Wolf 450. That Lucha team has been pretty good. Um, They've been teasing this split with Stevens and Kratos forever. Just shit or get off the pot already. And so we can just get to this. Yeah, nobody cares that much. Let's just yeah. let's, let's get move to the Stevens create those feud and let's get it over with and put the titles on the Lucha team because they've done well. Uh, then we have moving on here, Chris Adonis defending the NWA National Championship against James Storm. Yeah, uh, James Storm coming in for this. Um, you know, this is uh... <laughs> <laughs> get excited, Joe. Sell me on it. I can't. I mean, oh. but this could be the match of the night. It has a chance. 
Yeah. I mean, if they get the time and there's not much else on the show. I mean, what's the competition? Yeah. Then we have Camille or Layla Hirsch, whoever won the match from the night prior, versus the Invitational Gauntlet winner. So uh, there's a potential for that Gauntlet winner to be somebody uh, pretty interesting and fun. So uh, I guess that's why there's some legitimate talent in the Right. Gauntlet. There's also a possibility it's Chelsea Green or something, and then we have to pretend to care about Chelsea Green for two straight nights. So God. Could we, um, yeah, I mean, they might actually do that. That'll suck. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mickey James versus Kylie Ray. If she shows up. Yeah. To be determined if that <laughs> if she hasn't retired yeah. again. So, but uh, I don't know. I mean, I that that has a chance to be the match of the night too. No, I'm kind of interested. Why is Mickey James not on the Empower show? Mm, that's a good question. Maybe she's busy like booking. <laughs> she's busy putting it together. I, yeah. Maybe she's at the the fucking you know production table running things. I don't. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then your main event: title versus career NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Nick Aldis. Defending the title against Trevor Murdoch. Does Trevor Murdoch retire here, Joe? Is this the it? The end for Trevor Murdoch. I guess they're doing a title change, right? I, I don't know. I guess. I, I how, how much do we think they'll adhere to that stipulation? That's number one. And number two is, does he really want to retire? Yeah. Does he just or does go... he just stop doing NWA and then just wrestles elsewhere? And this is like that sort of quote-unquote retirement. Yeah. Does Murdoch feel like the right guy to end the thousand-plus-day reign of Nick Aldis? He does not. But has the booking been built for that? It has, actually. So it's just a matter of the guy didn't get over, even though he was booked to get over in this way. Right. And now it feels weird if he's going to win. Yeah. So that's the problem here. Yeah, it just seems hard to admit and en- envision Trevor Murdoch like holding Absolutely. that title above his head. But like, it would be a real cool moment too because he would hold the title over his head. They'd probably the fans would probably run in the ring and like hold. You know, they probably lift him on his shoulders and 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 jump up and down and cheer and all this sort of stuff. Like, it'd be a really cool moment. But it's just like then it's like, oh, now Trevor Murdoch's our champion. And no, Nick Aldis held the title for three years. Is that it's how we really want so it to It's not even so much that yeah. Murdoch's the champion. It's that he feels like the wrong guy to do this because he hasn't gotten over. It, he doesn't feel like, I don't know, it just doesn't feel right. It, it, it's definitely clunky and weird. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm very, very, very curious where they go with this. And, uh, but and, the tr- like the way it's been booked and the way the story's been told, it feels like he's going to win. So, I don't know. This show, I, I'm not, I mean, I'm obviously going to watch it. I am pot committed to the NWA forever. We always will be, yeah, as long as the show exists. But I'm not looking forward to it. I mean, I'm more looking forward to the women's show. Just because there's a lot of new faces that I've never seen, and it's an interesting concept and all that. Because the 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 I don't know what you want to call it intergender show, the regular show. That one just is bad on paper. I mean, there's nothing there I want to watch. So, and the TV is deplorable. It's just awful, and it doesn't get you into it at all. So, <laughs> but other than that, <laughs> it's great. Other than that, check it out this week. Voicesofwrestling.com/slash/fight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Other than a yeah. bad build and a bad show. <laughs> if anyone thinks we're ever in the bag, we have money at stake here. And we're yes, like, we're true. Like, it's yeah. beneficial to try to sell this pay-per-view to you, and we right. uh, that is our attempt at it. So there right. you go. So we're honest men. I yeah, mean, we are. Just, we are know, definitely. Like, yeah, geez. we never try to. Yeah, we never try to. Uh, uh, I'm uh, telling you, you probably shouldn't buy the show. Is what I'm telling you. Because <laughs> right. it's probably going to fucking stink. But uh, if you do buy the show, what's that link again? Uh, Voicesofwrestling.com slash fight is that link, Joe. So. All right. 
Uh, there you go. All right, we got about a minute or so left in the show. We'll go, we'll go about five more minutes here. Um, real quickly, I want to talk about these last two things. New Japan Strong, New Japan of America. Uh, keep your eye on New Japan Strong over the next few months. Not only are they just taping starting now, the ones from the L.A. Uh, audience. Yeah, Tomohiro Ishii, Hiroshi Tanahashi are going to be in these. I haven't looked up the spoilers, so I'm not going to tell you what happens because I don't know what happens. I just want to watch it. I'm going to watch Strong now moving forward because I am excited. So we get the first shows in front of audiences in L.A. Again, you got top-tier talent there. You got top stars, a pretty good crowd as well in a great arena. It's, it's ex- a new, it, listen, it's a New Japan English-language TV show. Yeah, right, right. What more do you need? It has fans now. That's the key. Yep, exactly. It's not a, an empty, weird, desolate warehouse, and uh, I'm in. So uh, no, in there, it, and then... It's the same desolate warehouse, just with fans now. Yes, well, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's not desolate. It's a, it's the same warehouse. It's just not you know. It's not Correct. desolate anymore. Uh, and then you also have uh, New Japan Strong Autumn Attack tapings. These are going on in Dallas, September twenty fifth, September twenty sixth, uh, September twenty fifth. What we do know announced right now, just to let you know who is going to be on these shows: Minoru Suzuki versus Fred Rosser and Will Osprey versus Carl Frederick. So right there, you know. Minoru Suzuki hanging around for the tapings. Will Ospreay hanging around for the tapings. Not only that, on the September 26th show, you got Minoru Suzuki and Lance Archer. Suzuki Gun is reunited Hell versus yeah. Tom Lawler and Royce Isaacs. 2011 World Tag League champs yep. reunited. Yep, coming back. Suzuki and Archer against Lawler and Isaacs. Yep, yeah. and then uh, Leo Rush on his long retirement tour versus Taiji Shimori. So. <laughs> Played out the dates, I'm assuming. I guess those da- he signed for even more dates. All those months ago, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. um, no, I mean, those are awesome TV, Matt, because that's a TV taping, that's a TV taping, that's just what we know that's announced right now. There probably is a lot more stuff on those, but as those well. are really strong television matches, both of them. Leo Rush, Taiji Ishimori, if Ishimori puts in effort, which is always the question with him, can be awesome. Those guys are like mirror images of each other in a lot of ways. And and the big news there is, as we mentioned, Minoru Suzuki in America, Will Ospreay in America. Lance Archer obviously doing stuff with, with, with New Japan uh, while he's in AEW. Taiji Shimori in America as well. So there's a lot of really good roster members that are in America, presumably for a pretty decent amount of time as well. So I got to um, go to that, right? I got to go to that. I mean, it's Will versus Fredericks. It's your boy, Lance and Minoru Suzuki. It's a 2011 World Tag League champions teaming together. I got to go to that, right? I feel like you have to. I don't know. How, how far is it for you to Dallas? And it's four hours. All right. It's not it's not a hop, skip, and a jump. It's, you know. It's- well, I, I potentially have a four-hour drive to make as well because we're going to talk about this too because Minoru Suzuki, as we said, he's going to be here for the Autumn Attack tapings. He is doing a tour of the American Indies, Joe. Some of these matches, man. GCW, Homicide versus Minoru Suzuki. That's happening on September 24th. I think as of this recording, they announced a Minoru Suzuki-Jonathan Gresham match as well. Uh, let me get the exact details on the Gresham-Minoru Suzuki match as well as the date. Uh, here it is going to be on oh my god 917 so on the uh, September 17th Jonathan Gresham Minoru Suzuki uh, what promotion in, is that? Uh, that's GCW as well that's going to be when they're in Los Angeles mm. so September 17th in Los Angeles uh, then GCW uh, September 24th Minoru Suzuki versus Homicide Wrestle Max in St. Louis Calvin Tankman versus Minoru Suzuki October 2nd, PWX, Anthony Henry versus Minoru Suzuki. Sunday, October 3rd, Glory Pro Wrestling, Minoru Suzuki versus Davey Richards. I'm not going to lie. I was looking at flights. <laughs> if, if, you, if you buy a flight, I'll commit Go to drive. the drive. I'll drive, yeah. Yeah. Are we welcomed at Glory Pro? Uh, yeah, 
maybe we should ask before we <laughs> we welcome Dick Lurie back. Well, Dan the dad or fucking Spanner. Yeah, I don't know. We might not actually be. Maybe we should shoot a DM and say, hey, you guys mind if we show up? Yeah, hey, our show? money's green. Yeah, yeah. We won't do anything. We won't say anything. We'll just bury all the other shit on the show, but... Uh... Maybe the rest will be good. Yeah. I, got, I mean, it's maybe a good idea. Before you buy that plane ticket, maybe no, we I should mean, DM them and make sure. That... Glory Pro's typically decent, right? It's yeah, uh... Oh, yeah, yeah. No, they do decent stuff, yeah. We just think Dan the dad's a little silly. That's all. Yeah, I got nothing against... Really uh... Dan the human. It's just Dan the dad, the character. Yeah. I don't like Danny Adams. Yeah. He was a good little wrestler before uh, the awful gimmick. Yeah. I don't think he really wrestles anymore, right? Like, I haven't seen Dan the dad on a card. Nah, a he's he's wrestling next weekend at all these Black Label Pro and GCW things. So. Oh, so he's coming back. Yeah. As Dan the dad? Uh, yes. Not as Dan the catch? No. He's not pivoting like uh, the alley cat did? <laughs> he's not, yeah. <laughs> all right. He's not a bad wrestler. No, he's not bad. Yeah, he 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 went to the meme because he needed to stand out, and he stood out for a little bit. It fucking worked. I mean, he got booked everywhere on on on, in the fucking country Mm -hmm. for a while. I mean, you can't knock the hustle, you know. So, anyway, and then uh, but uh, yeah, we'll we'll DM and 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 make sure we're welcome there first. I don't, I don't know. It's (laughs) before you buy any plane tickets. So why don't we just show up? I mean, what are they gonna like? You're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Is it really that? do, no, it, the, the heat's not. Yeah, the heat's not that bad. It's like there might be a few places around the country that we're not welcome, but uh, I imagine Glory Pro is not one of them. And then West Coast Pro Wrestling, October eighth. Maybe we should just go to this one: uh, Minoru Suzuki versus Daniel Garcia. Right? <laughs> Maybe we should just this go to LA and watch this. <laughs> right? I mean, this is the one. This is the one. Um, yeah, that has a chance to be. How many of these matches does Suzuki lose? So this is the question I talked about at the beginning. Oh, actually, I forgot. West Coast is in San Francisco. I, I haven't been to San Francisco in a while, so yeah, I'm done. We'll get a little Jake Fatu. Yeah. We'll oh yeah. Little, yeah. Get a little Vinny Massaro. You don't have to sell. Yeah. You don't have to sell. Oh yeah, we'd be very welcome there. Open arms in West Coast pro wrestling. Absolutely. You know what I say? Get a Rich. pie. Get a pie with Vinny. That'd be great. You know what I've always said? West Coast is the best coast. You, <laughs> you yes, you are nothing if not a ardent yeah. supporter of the West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Um, no, but that match looks incredible. Yeah, maybe we, we were just tipped go, yeah. off to that one. We were tipped off to. That we one were, too. yeah, yeah. That's yeah. I'm into that one, man. I am into that one. October eighth. So yeah, maybe. Hey, you know what? I think we could DIA. Hey, you want to pay for trans? You know, we'll come if you pay for trans. Yeah, it's great exposure. We're big stars there in the West Coast. Yeah, we'll demand that they set up a table for us. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. To work, quote unquote, our <laughs> laptops we, out. As we just tweet right and talk over. shit, yeah, 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 exactly. No, well, Suzuki. I mean, I, okay, I, he's 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 beating Jonathan Gresham. I think Gresham won't care. He'll beat Gresham. I think he's winning every one of them. I think he's beating Homicide. He's definitely beating Calvin Tankman. Anthony Henry for sure is going to lose to him in his promotion to it's PWX. So yeah, he'll go down. Well, that's Henry's home base. Exactly, it? that's a man. He, he's not going to care. He'll go down for him. No, but wouldn't Henry be more apt? Well, no, he's. Gonna, uh, what no. are we doing here? Suzuki's winning everyone. Davy is the only one where I could see the day of Davy might say ah, and then when he gets in the ring, then he goes ah, it's fine, BB. I mean, Davy's losing the people like El Jefe Loco in Florida. He doesn't right, care. right, right. He doesn't care. He might put up a, a brief stink about it, but I don't think he'll actually ultimately care. And then I don't think he cares. This is the new Davy. That's true. He loves Dan Housen. Yeah, this is it's a whole new Davey, so he's out there telling people Jordan Oliver is the best wrestler in the Yeah. This yeah. is the new Davey, you know? He's uh I, I don't think he gives a shit. And Garcia, I mean, 
he's another guy. It would like be his honor to fucking. Oh take god, he, yeah. Fight. Even if Minoru Suzuki said no, I want to you to beat me, he would never do it. He's winning them all. Yeah, he's winning those all. And uh, I don't know. They should be pretty fun. They'll be fun matches. The crowds will be nuts for him. Uh, should sell some pretty good tickets across the country as well. So, indies are healing, Joe. How indies about the healing. new AEW Dark in the studio? Sounds good, right? I'm into the studio. Yeah, I have no yeah. problem with studio wrestling. So, will will that get you to check out Dark for once? Uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. I watched a lot of Dark. I watched two hours of Dark last weekend, baby. So there you go. Jay there's a lot of good. There's a lot of good shows. There's a lot of good matches on these next coming Darks. I'll tell you that. Really. I mean, not, the wrestling's fine, but some stars, some big stars. No, jo- it wasn't just jobbers. Stuff. It wasn't just jobbers facing each other. No, it was stars beating jobbers. But there's one match that's incredible. Was like Tony re- Donati on the show? Uh, not that I no saw. Tony Donati. So no, Tony Donati. I did get there at like a half an hour into dark, so I may have missed Tony Donati. So unfortunately, but. I don't think he did. He hasn't been there in like a year. I know Matt Fitchett was there. Uh, some other guys were there. Some local dudes, but oh, um, some locals did some jobs. Yep. So. Mm-hmm. Matt Fitchett. Okay. GPA, our boy GPA was on there. No shit. Yeah. GPA. A little Chicago flavor. Absolutely. Absolutely. Did Sky Blue do a job? Uh, I, not that I saw. I did not see Sky Blue. Okay. Did not see Sky Blue. All right. That is it for us. So um, we'll have to figure out our travel plans for October here in a bit. But uh, anyway, that is it for the Voice of Wrestling flagship. As we mentioned, patreon.com slash voice of wrestling. Jump in for that match of the week. A new one coming up on Monday. You can also still participate. Uh, in last week's match of the week as well. SummerSlam Scrambler going on until the end of the month as well. Uh, VoiceOfWrestling.com slash Discord. Also, HelloFresh. HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Promo code VOW14. We were told in the chat room that we broke the site temporarily. Uh, so maybe so many of you were coming and, and, and clicking on it that the site crashed. That VOW14 at HelloFresh. So HelloFresh.com slash VOW14. Use the promo code VOW14 to get up to 14 free meals plus free shipping. Uh, and that is it for us. So for Joe Lanza, I'm Rich Creech. We'll see you next time on the Voice of Wrestling flagship podcast. Take care.